running, getting to the cake. Dog, you ain't a hundred, this a hundred. Let me demonstrate. If she ain't got brains, then I ain't trying to penetrate. And if you ain't a stand up needy, you could get your dinner ate. I ain't buying all that real shit. Dog, you benefit to go on a dinner date. Now we on the interstate. Might be a rookie in the game, but I been a great. And we about autonomy, dog, we ain't trying to integrate. Man, we ain't trying to integrate. Was broke back then, now the youngest seeing different kick. We don't go all feelings, we just make sure that the business straight. And if you ain't an intellect, then you can't get a penetrate. Local Niji, now I'm getting love all in different states. Gotta Niji, if you ain't got scars, then you can't relate. That was Integrate by Jock Bricks, and welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. You are now tuned in to the Sovereign Creed Show. We don't just discuss the problems, we offer the solutions. I'm your host, Jay Ali Shiamaru. Shout out to our producer, Cindy Ashby, for making this possible. If you haven't done so already, make sure you sign up for www.otw2.com so you can join our community of melanated Aboriginal content creators where your voice can be heard and you never have to worry about censorship. For today's episode of the Sovereign Creed Show, we give you natural immunity versus herd immunity. Prior to the colonization of our Aboriginal American ancestors, we treated disease and illness naturally through the healing properties of our indigenous food, topical remedies derived from various nutrient-rich plants, and spiritual healing through the use of meditation and hypnosis. As the European invaders ravaged our ancestral lands with religion, destruction, war, and amalgamation, they also made a point to destroy the way we heal. By outlawing natural medicine, they were able to create a monopoly through the use of regulation. Later, as Darwinists began to hijack science, the implementation of eugenics targeted melanated indigenous people worldwide. According to Webster's Dictionary, eugenics is defined as the practice or advocacy of controlled selective breeding of human populations as by sterilization to improve the population's genetic composition. In her critically acclaimed best-selling book, Medical Apartheid, author Harriet A. Washington effectively exposes the validity of Western world medicine with her comprehensive historical depiction of the abuse of medical experimentation on our people. In chapter eight, she says that the so-called Negro was roundly disparaged by eugenic theory as scientists continue to seek and find wide physiologic evidence of black inferiority. In a refinement of earlier scientific racism, eugenics was appropriated to label black women as sexually indiscriminate and as bad mother, mothers who were constrained by biology to give birth to defective children. The demonization of black parents, particularly mothers, as medically and behaviorally unfit has a long history. But 20th century eugenicists provided the necessary biological underpinnings to scientifically validate these beliefs. Author Edwin Black reveals the origin of eugenics in his book, War Against the Weak, Eugenics and America's Campaign to Create a Master Race. According to Black, California was considered an epicenter of the American eugenics movement. During the 20th century's first decade, California's eugenicists included potent but little-known race 
scientists such as Army venereal disease specialist Dr. Paul Papineau, citrus magnate and polytechnic benefactor Paul Gosney, Sacramento banker Charles M. Gates, as well as members of the California State Board of Charities and Corrections and the University of California Board of Regents. He also states that eugenics would have been so much bizarre parlor talk had it not been for extensive financing by corporate philanthropies, specifically the Carnegie Institution, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Harriman Railroad Fortune. They were all in league with some of America's most respected scientists hailing from such prestigious universities as Stanford, Yale, Harvard, and Princeton. These academias espoused race theory and race science and then faked and twisted data to serve eugenics racist aims. Let us not forget about Margaret Sanger, who on October the 16th, 1916, along with her sister Ethel Byrne and Fania Medell, Mendel, opened the first birth control clinic in the U.S. in the Brownsville, Brownsville section of the New York borough of Brooklyn. They distributed birth control, birth control advice, and birth control information specifically for Negro women. Five years later, Sanger would open the American Birth Control League. After combining with the Birth Control Clinical Research Bureau, also founded by Sanger, they changed their name to Planned Parenthood Federation of America. Since its inception in 1942, Planned Parenthood has been responsible for the evolution of abortion and the genocide of black babies across the globe. Sanger was even quoted as saying that we want to exterminate the Negro population. According to a study published in the American Journal of Public Health, black women have the highest abortion rate in the country at 27.1 per 1,000 women compared with 10 per 1,000 for white women. That leaves us with this. The Tuskegee experiment, which took place in 1932, where 400 black males were intentionally infected with syphilis under the supervision of the United States Public Health and the CDC. As a result of this experiment, more than 100 black males died. Check this out. Around the same time that John D. Rockefeller seized U.S. media, he also hijacked U.S. medicine. When it was discovered that drugs could be produced from petroleum, America's top oil mogul ordered his army of propagandists to invert reality accordingly. Medicines used for thousands of years were suddenly classified as alternative, while the new, petroleum-based, highly addictive, and patentable drugs were declared the gold standard. After buying a German pharmaceutical company that manufactured chemicals of war for Adolf Hitler, Rockefeller leveraged his political influence by pressing Congress to declare natural healing modalities unscientific quackery. Rockefeller then took control of the American Medical Association and began offering massive grants to top medical schools under the mandate that only his approved curriculum be taught. Any mention of the healing powers of herbs, plants, and diet was erased from most medical textbooks. Doctors and professors who objected to Rockefeller's plan were crucified by the media, removed from the AMA, 
and stripped of their license to teach and practice medicine. Those who dared to speak out were arrested and jailed. When evidence began to emerge that petroleum-based medicines were causing cancer, Mr. Rockefeller founded the American Cancer Society through which he suppressed that information. John D. Rockefeller is duly credited as the founder of the pharmaceutical industry and the reason that medical error is currently the third leading cause of death in America. This is not an indictment against doctors. More than anyone, they are under the stranglehold of the single largest lobbying power in Washington. Every year, the pharmaceutical industry spends at least twice the amount as big oil to influence laws, policies, and public perception. Thanks to Mr. Rockefeller, the architect of American monopolies, no industry has more power over our lives than Big Pharma. Mm -hmm. So now, we know what the white folks have done. Mm -hmm. I guess my question is two parts. These black doctors are lying? And, and what would be their motivation to go, you know what, we're going to go on this Spike Lee documentary. Mm -hmm. It's going to be not documented what we're saying mm -hmm. on television. And we're going to lie because our objective is to kill our own people. Very throw good. our people under the bus. Very good question. Number one thing is to be very mindful. Uh, these people are heavily indoctrinated. Everyone you just mentioned. Indoctrinated versus educated is a completely different thing. So if I'm told that Western medicine is the greatest, the most successful in advance, which it is not, uh, but I'm taught that in medical school. I am taught to give medication versus boosting the immune system with natural herbs, vitamins, it, uh, minerals, etc. I am taught that for this patient, give them this medication, this many protocols, this many milligrams of this and blah, 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 when the reality is if they had a high dose of liposomal vitamin C, it would actually handle all that naturally with no side effects. This right here bespeaks to a system, not individuals who may have very good intentions, because every one of you just mentioned there, I'm sure has good intentions. One of those who you mentioned, I know personally, uh, since specifically one of those who helped to develop one of the shots. We've had long conversations, beautiful spirit, beautiful intention, sincerely wants to help the people. Here's the problem. You will never, as an individual, change the very system that benefits from your degradation and from your people being destroyed. Perhaps no one expressed the anguish of AIDS better than New York writer Larry Kramer. But he was even more angry at the federal government and the pharmaceutical industry. One person who felt Kramer's fury was NIH doctor Anthony Fauci. It's still been crushing to me to think that I didn't know my work in 1999 was something that had been avoided. From 83 and 82, when the virus was isolated, the virus didn't have to wait until 84 to be confirmed. Think of how many people, the entire continent of Africa, you know, lost a generation as that virus was spread through because of the arrogance of a group of people. And it includes Robert Redfield, who's now the head of the CDC right along with Tony Fauci. They were working together to take credit and make money, and they had the patents. My name's Dr. Sean Brooks, PhD, um, Oxford. I have 48 publications, including 23 books. I've studied health medicine, anatomy, and physiology for approximately 21 years. Dr. Robert Malone, who created the messenger RNA vaccine, has said no one should ever take these jabs ever under any circumstance whatsoever. He created it, and he says, don't ever do it. So let me explain what's going to happen to the people who have ta 
taken it, excuse me. The people who have taken it are going to die in the next six months to three to five years for three reasons. Number one, you've dramatically decreased your own immune system by 35%. The first jab did it by at least 15. The second did it by 35. Now, if you take any booster shot, you take the jabs potentially in the future, along with wearing masks. And I heard parents say the same thing. So to the parents who are actually considering jabbing their own children, you're going to sterilize them permanently. People who have taken the jabs are sterilized. 80% of women who have been jabbed have lost their children in the first trimester. Yes, in the exact same document, they say, the ultimate safety of an approved vaccine is not knowable until it has been administered to millions of people. It is possible that certain adverse effects may occur more frequently in certain population subgroups, which may not be apparent until millions are vaccinated. Pharmacovigilance track and trace systems will provide critical information that will inform adjustments to the, to the allocation. That literally is in the same document as let's give it to black folks first. I, I, you know, you can't even make this stuff up. <laughs> so, um, they also said that, so it was our words, the most disenfranchised members of society are to be vaccinated first. Their words, quote, racial and ethnic minorities, tribal, incarcerated, rural, disabilities, underinsured, people who work in school settings and nurses, and we must prioritize blacks and Latinos to reflect fairness and justice. Today on the Sovereign Creed Show, we welcome our special guest, Dr. Palan Ankushia Marvel, as we discuss the difference between Aboriginal medicine versus Western world medicine, curing chronic diseases, and detoxing the Rona shot. Dr. Palan Ankushiyamara was an indigenous naturopathic doctor accredited by the Aboriginal Medical Association under the jurisdiction of the Aboriginal Republic of North America tribal government. He specializes in treating ailments such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and all known chronic diseases that have been previously deemed incurable. Within his community, Dr. Palan focuses on giving knowledge of self to his clients through biocosmology and natal charts. He also teaches the science of comedic yoga and is a certified comedic yoga instructor. Dr. Plot operates a health and wellness clinic called Healing Code, which is located in Portland, Oregon. He teaches health classes via Zoom on optimum nutrition for indigenous people and specifically how to build their immune system. His clinic specializes in offering monthly detoxes for the body and vital organs. He's all on a mission to eradicate the injury of health in the Aboriginal American community. A proud vegan of four years, Dr. Palan practices the methods that he preaches. Ladies and gentlemen, gods and goddesses, without further ado, please give a warm welcome to our Dr. Palan Anku Shi Amaru. Peace, God. Hey, peace, God. Peace, goddesses. How y'all doing? Absolutely. First, I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. I'm truly honored to have you as a guest on the show, and I'm excited that you've agreed to share your knowledge and expertise with our audience. So let's get into it. Uh, I mean, your resume speaks for itself. God, um, we are all called into our positions of service for different reasons and intrinsic motivations. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is from the book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, where he says, and I quote, to labor in the arts for anything other than love should be considered 
prostitution. That being said, most professions, whether it's sports, entertainment, media, politics, you know, law, and especially medicine, we see people with critical positions prostituting themselves for fiat currency and social status. Essentially, all doctors who treat or better yet poison, I do mean poison, patients on behalf of their masters, the FDA and the CDC, or as far as I'm concerned, are all prostitutes. And then we have people like you, humans like you out here actually doing the work, not for notoriety, not just to feed your bottom line, but to actually heal your people, hence your, your name and your company. Kudos to you and your peers. And so with all of that said, I just have to ask you, how were you introduced to the Aboriginal Medical Association and what inspired you specifically to become a doctor? Um, what um, what led me to the Aboriginal Medical Association was um, I, as in, you know, most people that were aspiring to be, you know, quote unquote, um, conscious. <clears throat> I was always watching, you know, that YouTube station, Sonetter, you know, Sonetter TV, you know, and then he just so happened to have a brother on there uh, by the name of Dr. Ali. And, you know, he got to speaking about history and politics and, you know, a bunch of different stuff. You know, he caught my attention, um, you know, and as he caught my attention, I, you know, began to follow his um, his videos, you know, and I watched the more videos I watched, the more I was like, man, um, this man is on what I want to be on. You know, I was already on a conscious spiritual level. Um what got me into the consciousness was dealing with comedic yoga that kind of opened my mind to, um, higher levels of consciousness. And, you know, so it kind of kept in and what I was taught in comedic yoga was to keep my mind open to learn and study from everything. So, you know, as I was listening to Dr. Ali Muhammad, you know, he got to talking about medicine and how he's healing people and how he's doing it. And, and that kind of, struck a nerve in me because I was raised, you know, in a Christian family where, you know, we were taught about Jesus and how he healed people. So that's always been in the back of my mind that if I could learn how to heal people, I definitely want to be a part of that type of thing. Um, and then, you know, the more I, I, you know, listen to Dr. Ali Muhammad, he not only was, you know, speaking on how he was healing these people, he was also, you know, showing me, you know, giving me tips and hints on how I could do it. So, you know, therefore that led me to his website, governmentreparations.org. Um, I started buying his books. Um, as I read his books, I began to, uh, read more and more. And, and man, I was just, I, I just knew I was, I was at where I needed to be, you know, with the information he was providing the community. I knew I was where I was, uh, supposed to be um so long story short i ended up you know going ahead and paying for the the education at aboriginal medical association i began um learning about our, about the medical practices that he implemented and the diets and everything that he he recommends um and then that led to me learning like who damon or uh, damon Fontleroy was is who i was called before I changed my indigenous name to Palan Ankushi Amaru. So once I did my natal chart, I was like, well, this is who Damon is, and this is what I'm 
here for it. And boom, on my natal chart, it showed me um, health and wellness field is where I'm supposed to be and where I would be successful at if I did it. So once I got that natal chart, I began having knowledge of self. Now that I have the knowledge of self, I've been able to transition into getting nationalized. Now I'm a national. Um, now I've been doing the work um, as far as what Dr. Ali trained me to do. So I've just been following literally my natal chart information, uh, my knowledge of self that um, Dr. Ali guided me towards. Once I got my natal chart, I knew who I was and I knew my purpose on this earth. So right now I've just been dealing with my company, Healing Code, focused on, you know, dealing with my purpose that I came here on the planet earth to, you know, to do, you know, to serve my community. I came here to serve in the health and wellness field. So I'm, I'm literally in my purpose because I, you know, stumbled upon Sonetter TV, a few Dr. Ali's videos, and it led me into my life purpose. So man, it's, it, it, the sky is the limit. We still evolving, but yeah, that's how I got into the Aboriginal Medical Association, and I'm and I'm just still doing the work. I'm just still doing the work. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Uh, it's always great to be uh, in your purpose. Um, what went into the thought process when you carefully crafted the name of your clinic and organization as the Healing Code? Uh, healing Code. Um, basically, I just wanted people to know that that's the that's the code. Uh, when you come to me, because I've been taught so well, we're going to heal whatever issue you have. Whatever whatever health obstacle you have, we already have the solution for it. So my thing was, when you come to me to Healing Code and you have some type of health obstacle, you have to want to be cured of it. You, you, have, to, you have to be ready to get rid of it. Because healing is the code. We have to heal you. That's what. That's why we're here in our community to serve our community to help. You know, relieve that injury. You know, we've been injured. You know, medically in our community, we've been taught all the wrong things. You know, um, like we've literally been taught to use food to commit suicide. Like we have five mm. percent of us are just using food to you know commit suicide. We. We know we're not supposed to be eating pork. We know fried chicken and stuff is clogging our heart and our arteries. We know all this stuff, but yet we're still doing it. But we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But, you know, I just just wanted people to know once they came to me that they have to be ready to get healed, not to be sustained on medication. No, I'm not going to, you know, guide you on uh, medication for 12, 15 years and then you just die off. I look at people being on medications and pills and things of that nature. I look at that as doctors putting them on death row. Like, we're just going to keep you on pills mm, mm. until you pass away, man. It's like, it's a death row sentence. So it's just like, no, if you come to me and you're on pills and medication, what I'm going to do is naturally guide you off of the pills. You know, for most people, we can start off the first seven days um, with like a high blood pressure client. We start off the first seven days with a good, thorough nutrition plan, um, the proper supplement, and then we can start cutting, you know, depending on how many pills and medication they have, we can start cutting them off, cutting, you know, dosages in half, you know, by the second second week if they're feeling um, optimal the way that, uh, you know, the meal plan prescribes. But, yeah, from my perspective, man, I just pretty much wanted people 
to want to be healed naturally when they come to me they know that's the the solution that i'm offering them so when they hear healing code they have to be mentally ready um you know to get healed you know not to come in and say what pill can i have in order for me to keep doing the same you know bad habits that i'm doing because that's what they do when they go to doctors they say just give me a pill so i can keep eating what i want to eat you know so i didn't want them to come to me with that attitude I want you to come to me ready to get rid of illness so we can go ahead and get that started, you know. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, put out this disclaimer to you, any future guests, or anyone I speak to, understand what I do with the T-shirt. So if you say something, chances are it might end up on a T-shirt. But I tell you what, <laughs> you, you, you and I, we're going to have to collaborate behind the scenes on, on, on this uh pills on, on maybe yeah i'm we're gonna play with that you just you got you got my antennas up all the way so yeah we're gonna we're gonna definitely play with that moving hey, along um uh, brother that's all yours bro no 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 i give credit where credit is due i make sure that i i, I always cite the source and i always uh <laughs> i always break bread it's not you know that's what we right. about over here at sovereign Creed. it's about Reciprocate. Well, we all about reciprocation over here. Um, now, you obviously reside in Portland, Oregon. Right. Is, is there a collective consciousness of Aboriginal Americans in that area and region? And what are the misconceptions of Indigenous people from the Pacific Northwest? Um, it's not a big. Uh, we do have quite a bit of Indigenous people here. We don't have that many, um, but. You know, they call them differently. They don't call them indigenous like we do or aboriginal. They, they've they accepted the, the bullcrap names. I think it's called BIPOC now. They go by, they call black people out here now BIPOC. I guess it's... Um, black indigenous people of color. I'm, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, okay, whatever y'all go with, y'all go with. But that's their, um, that's their thing right now. So they're going by BIPOC. Um... I guess everybody's calling them that. But the uh, misconception is they have a lot of indigenous communities going on right now. But um, not until I've started speaking out have people uh, identify, you know, the so-called blacks, African-Americans. They don't identify us as indigenous people. So out here, when they think of indigenous people or aboriginal people, they're looking for you know, the typical Indian, um, fair skin, you know, reddish skin. Uh, Mongolian and a $5 Indian. Yeah, yeah, the $5 uh, type of look, you know. So they don't, they haven't connected, you know, indigenous people with, you know, carbon-based people, copper-based people. They haven't identified it yet. But as I've been speaking out about it, more people are checking in with me. More people are... Um, you know, calling indigenous of the North for information. So people are reaching out to our, uh, Arna, you know, they're asking about Arna. They're reaching out to Arna, you know, so they've been made aware through me speaking, um, vocally about how Arna is changing my life, changing my ways. And, um, yeah, man, it's right now they're just confused. Um, you know, the African Americans, black Americans out here, we still don't understand who we are. So we're still going through um, that kind of a sort of a spell. So that's why I'm offering the natal chart readings, the biocosmology that we do 
um, at the Aboriginal Medical Association just to give people, you know, how I got on my purpose. I'm trying to offer that to, uh, you know, to the community so they can get more on purpose of learning more about themselves, mastering themselves, knowing who they are so they can feed themselves based on who they are versus just being generalized like society has done to us. They've just generalized us and told us just to, you know, take what we give y'all and, and that's it. So, yeah, we're just trying to, I'm just doing the best I can as, as uh, a person that can just vocalize what I know and just try to give them something else, you know, to wean them away from this matrix type of thing. Hey, you are either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And I applaud your efforts for uh, giving these people the, the, the knowledge of self and not just being a, just about you know, administering medicine. You're, you're honestly uh, empowering them to make informed decisions. Um, as we heard during the montage, Western world medicine, a.k.a. Big Pharma, a.k.a. Big Poison is what I really like to call it, as an institution, has been used as a weapon specifically to exterminate indigenous people on a global scale. How do we put a stop to generational chronic traumas and disease to ensure that the generations ahead have the vitality to survive the times. Oh, uh, that's a <laughs> that's a very very deep. Oh, I, I told you, man, get ready, man. I'll be coming. I, I, I come in with the with no. the hooks in the, in the right hand, baby. <laughs> Absolutely, that is so deep. It's so deep, man, because you know, black people, African Americans, we've been treated so bad in America, man. So we got so much trauma that we have to. Um, to just try to weave through and try to heal from. I know me myself, um, being into the cosmology aspect and knowing my natal chart is making me easier. Uh, it's making it easier for me myself to overcome the traumas as an indigenous man and things of that nature. But what we have to address far as, because right now, like we said, we're in the matrix. So, Everything that we eat based, like right now, everything we're eating, everything we're offered is, is based on this colonized way of thinking, which is um, a socially engineered mind is what we're dealing with. Like Brother Rizzo Enzom was saying, pretty much in, in, in um, the summation of what he was saying, he says we're, he was saying we've been socially engineered to think a certain way. You know, and when you uh, Google social engineering or um, if you look in a Webster's Dictionary of Social Engineering, what they're going to start speaking about is things called like uh, centralized planning and uh, the, which means that they're just trying to plan our future, developing our behavior and controlling society. So what they're what they're doing with this social engineering is they put in the McDonald's and they put in all these commercials. Um, they doing the, the ads, they doing that billboard. They're socially engineering us to be able to, to want these foods, this fast foods, to want all this Pepsi and all these things that is eating us from the inside out. So it's not our brain really thinking about these products. It's how they're socially engineering us. You know, they're managing what we want to eat. They, you know, like far as they teach us, what I was taught before I came into Abor Aboriginal Medical Association, I was studying nutrition, and they said that uh, your digestive system can be triggered 
the moment you smell a food, you don't even have to see the food. If you see it, you could uh, it could trigger your digestive. So the enzymes in, in, in your, your saliva and things of that nature starts preparing uh, your body to start digesting food as soon as you smell something. So you've just been seduced into being hungry as, as you're driving past a Wendy's or a Taco Bell because you smelt the food. So they mm. triggered you to start becoming hungry and preparing for food. So that's, I mean, I don't want to use the word of molestation, but that's a seduction type strategy. So they just triggered you to be hungry. So if you're not like me, an indigenous person who stays prepared um, uh, during my day, I'll keep nuts and berries, uh, bananas, things that won't perish in my car. I'll keep things in my car that I can snack on to weed out the fear because most times when we stop at these fast food restaurants and things of that nature is because of fear. What is the fear? We fear we're going to starve to death. And we know in the back of our head, it takes over 60 something days for us to starve to death. But we've been taught that we, you know, socially engineered to believe that if you don't have food in two hours, you're going to starve to death. So you pull over to a McDonald's or you pull over to get that fast food garbage and, you know, and it ends up, you know, doing us more harm than, than it does us good. Like I tell people, and then I'll get into <clears throat> the proper nutrition we should be having. How I tell my clients is this, like, and I call it 50-50. I call it 50-50 because what we do every day on a daily basis we make sure that we're taking care of our body. We'll, we'll brush our teeth. We wash our face or we'll hop in a shower. We'll, get, we'll go get a fresh fade. We take care of everything on the outside of our body. But the other 50% is all internal. So now imagine you done took your shower and you put on all the smell good soaps and it all smelled good. But what we didn't think about is that you're also giving your, your internal organs, you're giving your heart your lungs, your liver, your kidneys, you're giving those a bath every day too. But what are you giving them a bath with? Some people are giving their organs a bath with Pepsi. Some people are drinking coffee, so they pour that on their heart, giving their heart a bath with coffee or it's a, a, a sugar-based drink. We're giving our organs baths with all these poisons that we've been socially engineered to believe are excellent products. And then I'll... Um, I'll go into that a little more in depth a little bit later. But what I believe, um, what's going to strengthen, you know, our community as far as health and wellness, I think it's our indigenous food science. You know, if if um, anybody listening today doesn't have the book by Dr. Ali Muhammad, The Indigenous Food Science, I definitely recommend everybody go get it. Um, it's definitely how we're supposed to sustain ourselves as indigenous people. It's the best foods for us, uh, scientifically, not being, because um, most times, you know, how we eat, we've been socially engineered to eat like Europeans and Asians eat. You know, they have a particular diet. Um, we live in America, so everything is, is engineered towards their bio, uh, bio, what do you call biology, you know? So Asians and Europeans biology is more similar than black biology. You know, so as we're taught in the Aboriginal Medical Association, black people, we are copper-based, carbon-based, and selenium. Europeans are ammonia, sulfur, and nitrogen. So once you know who you are, 
You know, once you know you're an indigenous person, you're black, you're African, you know that you're carbon-based, copper-based, and selenium. So now you know what proper foods will strengthen your body for the long term, give you quick and fast uh, energy. So you got car, you got carbon. So what foods are full of carbon? You want to eat your melons. You want to eat your watermelons. You want to eat your uh, the honeydews, things of that nature to replenish the carbon in your body to strengthen your carbon. And then you also want to pile up on like your, your uh, selenium. So, you know, you'll find in our indigenous food science when we're posting meals and things of that nature, we're throwing Brazil nuts on our food, you know, and because Brazils have selenium in them when we soak them in lime, you know, to extract it. Um, so just knowing who we are so we can cater to our DNA structure is the most important thing for us to do because we're in America um, and they train us to believe that all people are the same. And we're not the same, you know, we're, you know, Dr. Ali Muhammad, he brought that information forward when he showed us the, um, the New England study where they talked about the vitamin D3 um, in Asians and Europeans versus the blacks. That's what kind of removed the veil from me when he introduced that article to us because it showed us that Europeans know that we're completely different than them biologically. So we need to be eaten different from them, you know? So how we receive this as, you know, we, I mean, like, like you spoke of brother, the book, uh, medical apartheid, we know that we were going through racism in in all types of ways, even in the medical field, but we're not addressing it. So the problem is, you know, how they use that, the information that they have, like they know that black people are different, they're showing like when we try to sit, when we synthesize our vitamin D3, it soaks, it seeps, excuse me, it seeps into our bones. That's why our bones are heavier. But when European and Asians go to the hospital and they test for their vitamin D3, you know, it's still, it's still in their bloodstream so they can spot it because they have a different relationship with the sun than us. So Dr. Ali, he, uh, he removed that veil from us because that's a veil that needed needed to be removed because we believe that we're Europeans. We act like Europeans. That's why, you know, 95 or even more of us, we eat meat because we believe we can eat the same type of food as Europeans because they've trained us to believe that we are Europeans. We can eat the same food as them. So it's, you know, it's thrown us off. It's lowered our vibration tremendously. So, you know, the importance of us sticking to an indigenous diet is paramount because it removes the veil. You know how you no longer have to pretend that you're European, that you can be, you know, partaking in the same foods that they eat and still be healthy like they're nitrogen based so they can eat nitrogen based foods. You know, coffee is a nitrogen bomb. So that's excellent for them. They can do that. But we're carbon based. So that nitrogen is our kryptonite. It makes us weak. It doesn't strengthen us. But if we eat, uh, uh, not carbon, but uh, watermelon, that's our superfood. That gives us immediate uh, energy. So we have to just, uh, I would say we just have to know uh, who we are, you know, on the DNA level, as far as the carbon, the copper, the selenium uh, aspects, and then being, being in touch with our own teachers, uh, our own indigenous teachers that's trying to show us that there's a better way for us to eat it. And I think, and, and I believe that 
it's indigenous food science and that's where we should all you know use as a format for us to be eaten now and in the future you know I'm definitely with you when it when it comes to saying it's a pandemic. I know they have a plan. Uh, they've been implementing a plan. Um, that's why I was so glad I had already took the steps, you know, towards entering Arna, um, to you know, just to free myself from this system, this wicked system. Um, it's definitely a horrible system. But um, what I've encountered. Um, being an indigenous doctor through this pandemic, um, the worst thing, you know, because like I said, I, I have a new book that's coming out in the next 60 days it's called Protect Your Organs. And what I talk about in there, um, one of my quotes at the beginning of the book, I said, if there was, um, let me see if I can remember it. If there was rules in war, then kids wouldn't be addicted to sugar by the age of one. So with that being said, this war that they've launched, the worst thing that I've spotted with this is I had two, two, three-year-old kids um, with COVID since it hit. That was the most, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but that just let me know how foul these people are. I had to deal with three-year-olds to get the COVID out of their system. And I will say this, because when 2019 hit into 2021 or 2020, um, I had over 180 COVID clients and I was able to eliminate COVID, rid their body of COVID in under 30 hours every time no problem. There was no problem. COVID was no problem. I was able to get it out of their system in under 30 hours. Done deal. It was absolute. I could do it every time. But now that they've launched this new thing, I think it's called the Delta or something like that. That one has given me a run for my money 
because I haven't been able to eliminate that one as fast as I've been able. I was able to li- eliminate the first version of the coronavirus. So, so yeah, man. I wouldn't say I have any horror stories. I just say I did have quite a bit of clients during this war, and I know the war is uh, it's still on. So I know some of the indigenous doctors are on it, like I am right now, trying to come up with. Uh, you know, better formulas to be able to fight this new uh, Delta version they got out. Um, and also, we, we're starting to have, or I'm starting to have um, more clients that are, you know, being remorseful of the uh, getting their vax. So I've just recently signed somebody up this week to be able to, you know, start the program of eliminating the vax out of their body. So we just, she's been on it once for, um, she just started it. Uh, I think it was two days ago, so it hasn't been a week. But I do have her. Um, you know, we put them on the bio scan so we can, you know, be able to see the methionine um, levels in their body. So that's what we'll be tracking um, as we're, you know, eliminating the vax from their body. So as we remove that, then we'll be able to, you know, see that we, you know, got that out their body. Awesome. Could you uh, could you explain uh, messenger RNA, mRNA, and how it affects the body and how you detox? Um, that I'm I'm really not an expert at it right now because I just like I said I just started it. Um, I've been reading Dr. Ali's book. If you guys don't have that book, it's Detox and the Rona Shot. Um, so I've been reading that, studying that. And he goes over it. Um, he goes over it pretty good, you know, to where I have a basic understanding of it. But I am still studying it, so I won't. I won't say that I'm a, you know. Oh no, no, I, no, no. I, I I'm not gonna ask you to uh, go into detail about something because I mean you're, you're not a, a virologist. You, you you treat people, so we, we, we'll we'll definitely move on. I'm not gonna put you on the spot for that. Roughly. Um, how many patients have you effectively treated with the COVID virus or other chronic ailments? Um, like I just mentioned, I just mentioned the COVID people. I'm at like two. I'm at two ten right now. Um, two hundred and ten patients. Two hundred and ten, and that's been wow. Portland, Oregon, to Illinois, to Indianapolis, and I had one in California. But most of the clients, I was making a a specific COVID juice for most of my clients were in Portland, Oregon and Danville, Illinois, because I'm from Illinois. So they already knew um, that I was in the health and wellness and I was able to, you know, get rid of it. So they were calling me on and on. So I was shipping uh, Corona juice out to Illinois, man, for the whole year. And I mean, it was $75 just to ship a bottle. Uh, well, it was two bottles. I have to ship two bottles, um, of the COVID juice um, in the main ingredient that we use that we was taught in um, Aboriginal Medical Association is the hydrogen, the food grade hydrogen peroxide. Now that was killing the coronavirus left and right. So um, the knowledge behind why the hydrogen peroxide, why we use the food grade hydrogen peroxide and why it was so effective in helping kill the coronavirus because of one, our body naturally makes hydrogen peroxide uh, when we get viruses in our body. 
you know. So what the food grade hydrogen peroxide is, is literally is liquid oxygen. So what they were saying when this COVID first hit, that it was attacking, you know, the respiratory system and all that type of stuff. So, you know, I was listening to one of Chief's videos and he was speaking about what could potentially uh, kill the coronavirus. And he got to mention, you know, the food grade uh, hydrogen peroxide. So I went on Amazon and bought me a bottle of that. Um, he also said that I had to, you know, mix it with a plant-based iron. So I started studying plant-based iron and, and grabbed me a good plant-based iron. Um, and then I had various other things that I was throwing in there. Um, it was on some, you know, little alchemy, <laughs> alchemy sort of speak. Sounds like, like it, shit. <laughs> you know, but once I did it and people were starting to get better, I was like, okay, this can help our community. So, you know, once, you know, the first person, it killed it. Um, and actually, uh, I, and I'll go into a quick little story. I was in Phoenix, Arizona. I was down there shooting. Um, in my in, in my younger days, I was a videographer. That was my profession. I shot short movies. Um, videography was the love of my life. Everything about it, I did it. Um, so I was down in Phoenix, Arizona, um, settling up a, a debt I owed to a friend. He had wanted a documentary for his company. So I had went down to Phoenix, Arizona to film for him. But I've never been to Phoenix. So I was down there during the COVID. So it just so happened that it was severely hot down there. I had on the mask. I wasn't used to that environment. So all of a sudden, man, with with uh, that mask cutting off my oxygen, man, I just fainted in the middle of in the middle of Phoenix, Arizona. Fell flat on the back of my head, bro. You know, busting my head all open, mm. right? So me being me, I patched it up, wiped it down, called my homeboy up. I went over there and he was like, "Okay, you good?" We walked the bam, and we kept going because we were driving to Las Vegas to drive his drop all his his clothes and stuff off. So, long story short. I drive all the way back to Portland, Oregon. When I bumped my head, I had a concussion. So I drove literally 18 hours by myself with a concussion. And soon I get yeah, I, I don't recommend anyone in the audience uh, no. drive around the corner with a concussion. Much no, definitely hours. not, man. Definitely not. Um, but I say this to say this. Soon as I get home, I find out my nephew has COVID. So he was the first person that I got to try it on. So he drank some of the juice. He didn't like the way it tasted, uh, but he kept sipping on it, kept sipping on it. In less than 30 hours, he was back to normal, you know? So we was like, with the concussion, I just, you know, I whipped up that formula. So that, that concussion brung me a good formula, you know, to kill the COVID, so. Yo, man, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sitting up here, like, you keep saying COVID juice, and all I keep thinking about is, like, a Chappelle Show skit. <laughs> COVID juice. <laughs> it, literally, it literally was, bro. I was whipping up beet juice, you know. Um, that was one of my iron sources. Um, also, um, olive leaf extract was another one of my iron sources to connect, um, you know, to guide the food grade hydrogen peroxide in the body. Because, you know, if you put peroxide on your arm, it'll puss up. 
So that's the same with um, food berry peroxide. If you were to try to take a swallow of it, it'll start pussing up because it'll find infections throughout your mouth. So when it gets to the throat, it'll start pussing up and you'll have a problem. You'll start coughing. You'll start coughing and throwing stuff up. So you have to combine that, uh, that hydrogen food grade peroxide with a plant-based iron so it'll guide it into the body successfully without doing harm. So just as a recap, um, because I'm over here taking notes. So we said food grade hydrogen peroxide, plant-based iron, olive leaf, olive leaf extract. Did I leave anything out? Yes, those are our key components of that formula. And also what you would definitely want is a bottle of pine pollen. Pine pollen. Yeah, so that's baby, 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 what should we get this? <laughs> my, my wife, she's the you know, the, 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 the house, the house doctor. Absolutely, food grade hydrogen peroxide, planet, plant based iron, olive leaf extract, and pine pollen. And that's in, in, in the case. oh, my wife just said she has all of those things. Good to know, excellent, that's phenomenal. So the, the key thing with that is, and then it's also because uh, moving in the other part of your um, converse, your, your, your question was, I've successfully treated um, three cancer patients. They're all in remission now. Um, my, my recent one is, the, and the phenomenal thing about it is, all my cancer clients are uh, Mexican. They're Latino um, as of now. So... The, the phenomenal thing about that food grade hydrogen peroxide and with cancer is, is the virus is similar to cancer. Cancer can survive where there is no oxygen. Cancer hates oxygen. So, you know, like a meat environment where people that's only eating meat, they eating 90% meat, maybe a little bit of vegetables, fruits and vegetables, that'll tell you that they have little to no oxygen in their cells and in their tissues. So that's the perfect place for cancer to be able to thrive and survive because they don't like oxygen. So the serving your body is almost like a host, right? Yeah. So so when that um, so when you implement the hydrogen peroxide, food grade uh, the key word is food grade hydrogen peroxide. I don't want that to go unnoticed. It has to be food grade hydrogen peroxide. So what that component is, is that is um, liquid oxygen. So um, what it essentially does is it goes into your tissues, it goes into your cells, because your cells need oxygen as well. Just like your nose, just like your, your mouth is breathing and breathing in oxygen, that's all fine and well, but you have to be able to get oxygen to your tissues and to your cells. And meat doesn't have oxygen in it. For the most part, most meat only has nitrogen in it and ammonia and sulfurs and all that type of stuff. Except, so, for, except for bison, though, right? Bison? Now, see, I'm not an expert at it because I'm vegan. So I haven't even, I can't even tell you what it tastes like. I can't tell you. I just know that it's carbon-based and it's a much better meat for us. Um, when we're eating bison, I would definitely say, you know, just have your balance. You got to always have the balance. Just have a, a proper balance of vegetables on the side, you know, to get the oxygen in there. You know, okay. I'm not sure that I know that we can get oxygen from plants, but I'm not sure how much. I mean, if you're getting some from meat, I, I guarantee you it's, 
is very, very little. So that's why we, we prefer to do like our indigenous plants, you know, to usher, you know, oxygen into our tissues, which will kill cancer cells and things of that nature. Like we, we do a lot of dandelion juice. I'll be doing dandelion, dandelion juice for myself tomorrow. Um, we mix a little dandelion juice, some green apples, um, you know, uh, what else we use? Romaine lettuce. You know, and that provides us with pure oxygen, you know, to our tissues. So that creates an environment where a virus can't survive because viruses need environments where there is no oxygen. That's where they're best. That's where they're, they can thrive best in a non-oxygenated environment. Uh, I got a question. I got a question now. Go ahead. Uh, romaine lettuce now. Is that is that a carbon-based festival, Romaine? That's the one that we prescribe um as a bet, the, one of the best lettuces for us because it has chromium in it. So we, we typically choose on a scientific level is what we're trying to do is um, make sure we're getting our selenium in or we're making sure we're getting our vitamin D3 if we got to get it through hanging out in the sun, you know, an hour a day, that's the best way to do it. But if we can't do it that way, then we get it through our uh, pine pollen, Um or if we need, uh, what else we need? Magnesium. If you're low on magnesium, um, you're going to lose your memory. We can pull that on your bio scan that your memory is, is bad. You might be forgetting a little bit of this or forgetting a little bit of that. So it's saying that you're low on magnesium. So what we'll do is if we don't have the dandelion juice or the romaine lettuce around the house, um, we could do the chlorophyll. We keep a bottle of liquid chlorophyll around the house where we could take a few droplets of that. Or you can even have um, liquid magnesium if you want, you know, a bottle of that as well. We can also do that as well. Um, but we always do liquid supplements whenever we're going to do um, supplements if they're not coming from our food. I just wanted to make that a key point. We try to stay away from powders and peels of that nature. We try to, you know, stick with liquid supplements when we need things uh, that we're not getting from our food. All you pregnant women out here, my wife just texted me to tell the line that she needed that liquid magnesium when she had that mommy brain. Baby, you still got mommy brain. So we're going to make sure you get some of this liquid magnesium. I hope y'all are taking notes in this audience, man. You know, I told you we're going to come with solutions, man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's firing them off like, like a machine gun right now. I, I don't even, I'm trying to, you should see me over here taking notes. And I'm trying to get it all down. Um, I'm glad you addressed that. We're going to talk more about uh, what you just mentioned in just, in just a moment. Um, I want to segue to another point. Uh, could you please explain the process? Or please explain exactly what a bioscan is, how it works, and its level of accuracy. Um, the bioscans, man, is such a phenomenal technology, man. Um, it's sort of, so how I explain it to our, to most of my clients is what we're essentially doing is we're scanning the cells in a human's body. So once you sit down, you put your, you either put the little rod in your hand or you, uh, put your hand on top of the machine. And essentially what it does is it scans the cells in the person's hand and in their organs and in their body. Um, it's a magnetic field. So it scans the, the health of your cells. So what it's trying to determine is, are you creating healthy cells faster than your cells are dying? 
and are you able to uphold the health of a cell by eating the proper foods or are your foods or, or excuse me, are your cells dying faster than you're creating healthy cells, which means you have a poor diet. So essentially what it's just given us a diagnosis, diagnosis is of um, your heart, your lungs, your eyes, your brain, your intestines is scanning everything in your body. Say for instance, like when you've been to the gym and you get on the treadmill and they have that little thing that uh, scans your, you put your hand on it and it counts your heartbeats and things of that, that, that nature. The bioscan does the same type of, it's the same type of technology, but we're just scanning on a cellular level. Um, and, and what we're doing it for is we're just looking for a guide to be able to correct and heal injured uh, organs, injured tissues, injured anything in your body. We're trying to be specific. So like when you go to a medical institution or any nutritionist, they'll say, okay, let's just do a detox versus an indigenous doctor. We'll put you on the bio scan. We'll find out what's injured. Is your liver injured? Is your kidneys injured? Is your heart compromised? We'll find out what's compromised so we can repair that injury. If your heart is injured, we want to heal the heart first and cater your detox around healing and repairing, you know, what's injured. Um, as far as the, the accuracy, I think the actor, act, the, the, how accurate it is. I don't know. As far as my experience, I would say it's about 90%. I mean, it's extremely effective. I mean, we can find, cancer on there we're finding fibroids on there i mean i i would say at least 90 but i would say more than 90 um from from my knowledge what's going on in my office i think we're extremely accurate and even for the technology to be able to pull up a amino acid that's inside of the uh the vac like we can measure what's going on with the vac inside of your body and how to detox it out of your body, off this machine, it's like, it's beyond, it's, it's a phenomenal piece of equipment, man. It's, I think, like, far as what I'm doing, um, having these cancer clients and I'm able to, you know, see how their intestines is doing. Um, I mean, the intestines is pivotal to our health because that's where our blood is made. So that's a key component. And as uh, soon as you sit down and get a, a, a bio scan, your heart is first. But then second is the intestine. So, you know, being able to know the state of your heart, whether you can keep playing around or not, you know, you see that your heart is full of cholesterol. You see that your blood viscosity is not on point. You see that your, um, that your pump uh, in your heart is not as powerful as it could be because of blood fat in your uh, heart. You're seeing the honesty. That's what I... Um, appreciate about what Dr. Ali has brought forth with uh, with the Aboriginal Medical Association and with the NATO chart, he's brought us honesty. So when you get on the bioscan, you're looking at complete honesty. You're looking at what your heart is going through right now. Therefore, you know, if you were planning on, you done took out some fry, some chicken for tonight and you're about to fry it, but now you're... <laughs> Bioscan. The bioscan. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just started thinking about anybody. I don't think anybody on here is going to fry any chicken, but you know, right. we have some people tuning in for the first time. Go ahead and, and drop the, the hammer on. 
<laughs> yeah, so so what the bioscater is showing you is now you can't go home and fry this chicken because you can't compromise your heart like this anymore. You're seeing that you, the state of your heart is, one, your cholesterol is high, and two, you got a lot of blood fat in there already. So you've probably been eating a lot of butter, a lot of uh, cheese and things of that nature, and uh, frying a lot of products. So you can't, now that you have honesty, now that you have a bio scan, you no longer can go home and lie to yourself and say, okay, I'm going to go fry this chicken and eat it. No, you can't compromise your heart now. We see the condition and the state of it now. So now you have to protect your heart. Now you have to get on warm lime water so that natural acid can eat through the plaque in your heart arteries to loosen them up. And now that can remove that butter and things of that nature naturally using the warm uh, lime water to remove that stuff out of your arteries, you know? So, you know, once you get the bioscan, it's giving you your honesty. Um, it's you know, because, you know, 99% of us in society reliance on ourselves 24-7. I have a, um, I'll say, say this and then I'll get out your way. I have a pastor. Um, he's been uh, on high blood pressure for 12 years. So every, he has the empirical evidence that he cannot eat these pork ribs because he eats the ribs. And then he immediately after, you know, an hour later or so, he has to take his blood pressure pills. So you have not only the science, the science shows you that when you eat these pork ribs, you have to take blood pressure pills in order to do it. So that's telling him that you should not be eating this pork. If you don't want to have to take a pill, don't eat the pork ribs. But he lies to himself and says as long as he has these pills, he could keep eating those pork ribs. So we have to get out of the habit of lying to ourselves. So when you get a bio scan, that gives you your truth, that gives you your honesty. And then, you know, further, like we added, if you get your NATO chart, then you got complete honesty. So you can maneuver, you know, with truth and honesty. Man, all I can visualize is my pop sitting at the dinner table, pulling out his, his, uh, his compartment of, of pill posse so he can eat that bullshit. Uh, I got a quick question before I go to the next one. As you were talking, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to go backwards, but let's just go backwards for a second. Can we uh, take the, the COVID juice is like like a preventative uh, maintenance situation, just to prevent any variant possibly um, no. affected? That don't no. Do it? no, you can't at all. Um, oh, because of the, because of the liquid, the liquid uh, uh, hydrogen peroxide, the food grade. I don't mess you up if you don't. Yeah, do yeah. Okay. All right. The proteins in your tissue. It's, right, it's, right, right, right. The COVID juice, and I'm glad you said that. I'm glad we went backwards because that must be said. It's not a it's not a recreational drink. There has to be a virus present. I don't care if it's a flu, a cold. As long as there are there's a virus present, yes, you can drink it. But if there is no no virus present, do not drink that stuff at all. So y'all heard him. Don't drink COVID juice if you don't have COVID <laughs> or or another ailment. So as long as we're clear on that, uh, you kind of have already uh, asked a portion of this question. So I'm going to re uh, reform it. Doctor Sebi's alkaline diet reintroduced many of our people to veganism. As you know, all vegans aren't created equal. 
Can you describe the differences from the alkaline diet and specifically the carbon-based? Um, yeah, like you said, I believe we've already answered that. But um, what I will say to that is this. Our brother, Dr. C.B., he, man, he's elevated our consciousness. He, he even elevated people that didn't necessarily, you know, want to change their diet. He elevated quite a bit of people. So that was a phenomenal thing he did. Um, the only confusion that came in with it was um, black people or indigenous people still didn't understand who they were. Like we spoke about earlier, uh, indigenous people are carbon-based, selenium-based, and carbon-based. I think I got that copper, carbon, and selenium. Europeans are nitrogen, sulfur, and ammonia. So when you speak about the Dr. Sebi uh, alkaline diet, you will see that his alkaline diet is more specific to nitrogen-based human beings, you know, which is not the indigenous people. But that's what we didn't understand when he first came out that the foods that he was recommending, though most of them were um, alkaline, absolutely, but there's a good and bad alkaline, you know? So um, how we're taught in indigenous food science is, see, we have a carbon-based alkalinity or scientific um, nutrition. Now, the Dr. CB one is nitrogen-based, so they can eat mushrooms, uh, they can eat, um, I guess, I, I don't know if they eat organic or inorganic, but the difference is, is with us knowing as indigenous people that there is a nitrogen versus carbon war. That's what we're taught in Aboriginal Medical Association. So the nitrogen versus carbon war, essentially who is affecting mostly is the carbon-based people. Carbon-based people, like we already mentioned, are the indigenous people, the blacks, the African, were carbon-based people. The nitrogen-based people are the, the, the Europeans and the Asians. They're nitrogen-based, sulfur-based, and ammonia-based. So what Dr. Seabee's diet was, when he told people to, you know, use mushrooms, that's a nitrogen-based uh, diet. So right now we have black people subscribing to an alkaline vegan um, vegan diet and they're still passing away. The reason they're still passing away is because they're subscribing to an alkaline vegan diet that's nitrogen-based, it's not carbon-based. So what we mean by a nitrogen-based diet is the, even though they're calling themselves alkaline vegan, they're eating kale, they're eating broccoli, they're eating uh, collard greens, mustard greens, they're eating all these foods that are bad for indigenous people. Um, they're called gorgogens. And what the gorgogens, they do, they stop us from synthesizing our calcium and our, our, our potassium. That's what we're taught in the Aboriginal Medical Association to stay away from those type of foods. But in the Dr. CB diet, they're allowed to eat mushrooms, which are nitrogen-based. They're allowed to eat kale. They're allowed to eat broccoli. They're allowed to eat these certain foods. So, um, what we're dealing with is the soil. Like when, uh, when we're taught to eat carbon-based, that means we're dealing with the soil that has the least amount of pesticides. We're dealing with, you know, because what they do in America is they put nitrogen in everything. Like 90% of their food, they have, you know, processed food. It's all full of nitrogen. That's why it's clogging up the indigenous people. That's why we're sick, because we're eating the food that are all nitrogen-based. 
because we don't know who we are. We don't know we're carbon-based and that we're supposed to be eating carbon-based foods. So that's what's causing us to be sick. So what Dr. Ali taught us was is that there the war is in the soil. You know, they're putting nitrogen-based soil. Um, they're even putting, I've, I've, I messed with an um, a indigenous man in, in Portland, Oregon. He grows a garden. And in his garden, every vegetable he's growing, he has mushrooms surrounding him. So he's automatically putting nitrogen in the soil, which means this food is not catering to carbon-based people because nitrogen kills carbon. That's the war. So that's why they put nitrogen in the soil to kill the carbon because the people that need carbon in their food is, is the indigenous people. So once their food come up out the soil and we're eating it, and it's not carbon-based, it had, doesn't have the proper minerals, and it's uh, full of nitrogen, then it does us no benefit. It's, it's like our kryptonite eating the nitrogen. It causes problems in our body. That's why we're so sick as human beings because we're eating a lot of nitrogen because they've socially engineered us to believe that our bodies are similar to theirs. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I, I think the difference between the Dr. CB diet and our indigenous diet is they have, um, you know, a few nitrogen-based foods that they still eat um, that we don't eat. So I've had, um, I can say, one person that I knew um, last year or early this year passed away. Actually, it was two. Two of them were vegan. One of them had kidney failure, and he, he ate vegan his whole life. The problem with it was he was eating the alkaline vegan um, diet his whole life. So he was unable to cure himself with a vegan diet because he was still trapped in the nitrogen-based vegan diet. He was unaware of it. Nobody, nobody was around him who was aware of the nitrogen versus carbon war, so they couldn't educate him on the indigenous food science on how to, you know, only eat organic foods only eat, you know, carbon-based foods, you know, that type of thing. So unfortunately, my brother, he was a comedic yoga teacher uh, and a vegan his whole life, and he passed from kidney failure and diabetes because he just didn't know the proper foods for indigenous people. Because the vegan diet, the standard vegan diet that we have in America right now is catered toward um, European and Asian biology. And that's similar to what Dr. Seabee's diet is. It caters um, more towards European and Asian biology more than our biology. So that's kind of, you know, where it's more imperative that we learn about indigenous food science, you know, versus, you know, the alkaline vegan diet. I'd like to add something in that. Uh, if you look at nitrogen-based veganism, you also see a... Uh, um, a large uh, promotion for soybean, right, and and, and corn and uh, GMO or, or yellow corn, which are nitrogen-based products. And you know, like I know, those two particular uh, uh, forms of uh, genetically modified nitrogen-based produce uh, kills testosterone. And not only does it kill testosterone, it raises estrogen levels and it can harm both men and women because it can make you susceptible to various forms of cancer. You can develop uh, man boobs or breast cancer. Women who uh, have a tendency to uh, 
have breast cancers because their estrogen levels are extremely too high. Uh, right. so you need to watch out for that. There's an excellent book. If you haven't read it, I'm a, uh, I'll send it to you, uh, the, the, the link to it. It's called uh, Estro Generation by yes. Estro Generation by Dr. Anthony G.J. Uh, my wife and I purchased that book the fall prior to my son being born. And immediately upon reading this book, I purged our, our pantry, our refrigerator, our, our cupboards. I got rid of probably about 75% of the things that were in our kitchen. And we started from scratch. And right. uh, we've been going ever since. And this is before we even found out about carbon-based. So once we uh, found out about carbon-based, we just took it to the next step. And so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to, I don't want to uh, get off track. Let's move on. Uh, so you talked in depth about indigenous food science. How can we make this information a modality in our community instead of an alternative approach? Uh, I think it starts with us. Um, the demonstration. I'm, I'm like a hundred percent demonstration in my community. Um, people are coming, coming to me for the indigenous food. Um, every time they see it, they know it's indigenous. Like every time I talk, I let them know this is indigenous food science. Every way, every time we eat, it's indigenous food science. We have to get back to scientifically coordinating our plate instead of, you know, just eating what we want out of pleasure. You know, 99% of human beings, they're slaves to their tongue. You know, they're these little bitty taste buds tell them what to do with their whole entire existence. I mean, they they eat, they don't want to eat anything if it don't taste good. They won't touch it, you know? So we have to stop thinking, you know, in terms of being slaves to our taste buds and start getting to the science. Like, what's good for my heart? You know, what's going to help me, uh, what's going to help my heart, you know, flow fluently? What's going to help it on an energetic level? What's going to help my lungs to where I can breathe more easy? Not uh, what does my tongue want? Uh, my tongue wants some pig feet and fried chicken a day. We have to get out of those habits. We have to start thinking internally. You know, like I said earlier, um, we got to stop treating our, our organs like they're, you know, like they're just like they don't exist. Like I call, I tell my grandbabies because I'm trying to get them to start thinking in terms of uh, being vegan. I try, I try to tell them, I say, just treat your organs like they're your little invisible friend. You know, even though you can't see your heart, you can feel it. So what can you feed it to make it do good, make it work for you? It, every second of your life, it's been providing for you, working for you your whole life. Why would you put cheese and butter in it to clog your little friend? It's trying to keep you alive. It's, it loves you enough to try to keep you alive, but why would you put cheese and butter inside of it to clog it up and possibly stop it from being able to work for you? You know, so our body, like our heart, our lung, our intestines, they're fighting against us. We're our internal organs' worst enemy when we're not putting the right food in them because they're trying to help us. Our lungs is trying to help us. Our intestines is trying to create healthy blood so our blood is nice and clean. It's not like a sewer line smelling like garbage or rotten meat and things of that nature. It needs us to put good stuff inside of our body 
so it can flow properly, so you can feel better, so they can move fluently, have oxygen in their tissues, so they can provide you with the best quality of life, not a poor quality of life where you're on pills and medication because you're treating them like garbage. So I think what we just got to do is gain the knowledge, have people demonstrating like I'm demonstrating. Um, everybody in my community knows I'm a vegan. I don't push veganism on people. I don't push indigenous. Uh, well, I don't feel I do, but I only feed them indigenous food. So maybe I am pushing it on them a little bit because you're not getting anything else from me. I'm not fixing you no mushrooms. I'm not fixing you no meat. So I guess I am kind of pushing it on people, but not in a bad way. I'm just introducing um, a healthier way for our people. I'm trying to give us a better quality of living. Right now we're living on medication, you know? So, you know, being a part of ARNA, being a part of um, Aboriginal Medical Association, it gives us a better understanding of our biology, what we need, and entrusting, making you comfortable entrusting an indigenous person as your teacher, entrusting a black man as your teacher, because we have a hard problem accepting any information in our community that doesn't come from Europeans. If it ain't white, it ain't right. That's how we feel. But so we have to see people like myself um, and other indigenous doctors in our community that are demonstrating um, carbon-based eating, um, I believe you said you eat carbon-based food like the bison, the sockeye salmon. We have to show up. We have to show people that these are the best foods for us to strengthen our body, you know, in order to, you know, strengthen our lineage. We have to be on these superpower foods that provide us the food we need, which is the carbon-based foods versus our, I mean, I, I have to say it in this terms, our enemy food. You know, if we eat nitrogen-based foods, then we're just poisoning our system and we're poisoning our heart, our lungs, you know, our eyes. We're, we're poisoning our, our, our little invisible friends, essentially. So we just have to get back to the science, I believe. Um, indigenous food science is the start. I think it's definitely the only way for us right now that to help pull us out of sickness. Um, the reason I say it's, well, I can't say it's the only way, but right now it's the best way for me because I see it in my community pulling people out of sickness. We've been able to reverse sickness in people, diabetes. We've reversed cancer. Um, right now we got a couple people we're working with, with HSV. We haven't reversed it yet, but we're going to. So we just signed up two people with that. So we're going to be doing that. So the way we're doing it is we're using indigenous food science, our supplement uh, that Dr. Ali prescribes us to um, to have, to make. Um, and the way that we make them, we make them a specific way. I'm not going to go into how we do them, but we do do them in a certain, we make them in a certain way that makes them more effective uh, than other people. Um, so we just have to stick to the science, bro. Stick to our science and, and stick to my model, like my new book is talking about. Just protect your organs, man. As long as, because uh, that's my my mission in my community is to get our people. I, I, I'll say this. I don't push veganism. I can't say I don't push veganism uh, now that I thought about it. I push protect your organs. 
that's my main slogan uh, of what I'm all about. That's what my book is about. It's just saying uh, you don't have to be vegan. Just protect your organs. Do things that's going to help them provide you with a better breathing, better thinking, and things of that nature. You know, so that's pretty much what I do, man. I push protect your organs over, you know, versus being vegan. Like I just mentioned, I mean, if it ain't white, it's not right is the way most of us think. Um, but what I would say is um, what we have to do is, let me see, because it depends on what they call them for. I would say if you done broke a bone, um, if, if you done did something major where blood is pouring out you, I would say absolutely go to the hospital. Um, let them facilitate what they do far as stopping those things. But when it comes to, you know, just normal things, not getting a vax or, you know, colds and flus or just basically taking care of your health, um, letting us as indigenous doctors come do a bio scan on you and getting to the core of what your issues is. Um, I would say I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trust anybody but an indigenous doctor, um, but there's certain things like me and you spoke about before. There's just certain things that we haven't um, looked into yet, like a ER to where if you broke a bone, we're not able to repair that broken bone, bandage it up because we don't have that um, sort of curriculum yet. I'm sure we're, we're work, working on it as we speak. Um, but when fatal things like that happen, I would say you, you absolutely have to go to the doctor, um, to get a bone fixed or repaired because I don't have that knowledge of doing it. I do have a, a, a 40 year uh, nurse uh, that I can call on for advice on how to wrap and do things of that nature. So we can uh, address that issue. Um, but I would say, you know, if you absolutely have to go to the hospital for blood pouring out and things of that nature, uh, I would definitely do it. But for your, your basic needs, like your, taking care of yourself, how to take care of yourself better, how to eliminate uh, existing disease that you have in your body, um, cancers, HIVs, HSVs, diabetes, high blood pressure, all that stuff we have the solution for. We have a certain meal plan uh, specific to that specific um, ailment that you're going through. We can address all that type of stuff, um, how to sustain yourself. Um, you always want to, you know, be on the warm line water. I'm while I'm uh, sitting here speaking to y'all. I've been, you know, I've been ripping and running all day, so I haven't been able to get my warm line water. So I've kept my warm line water right here by me. So I've just been sipping on it. But to keep uh, to keep your arteries uh, nice and clean, to keep the plaque off your arteries, to keep 
you know, the, the, the excess butters, the oils and stuff that you're eating, if you want to keep that out of your heart, you want to keep uh, that lives out, out of your lungs, if you want to keep your digestive tract cleaned off, you definitely want to be doing, you know, the warm lime water every day. Just for your, I, I mean, if you want to call it a self-love practice, I call it a self-love, internal love. You know, that's the love I give myself on a daily basis because, like I said, um, my book is called Protect Your Organs. So my thing is inside out instead of outside in. So I think about my insides before I think about anything else on the outside. So I wake up in the morning, I do my breathing, my meditation. That's my first food. And then I get up and do, you know, well, I'm a yoga teacher, so I do my yoga as well. But um, also the then I do my nutrition. I do my supplements and I do the warm lime water. So I take care of the inside. So, you know, essentially I would say, when you're dealing as indigenous people, I wouldn't accept, uh, accept anything but an indigenous doctor for all your health and wellness needs. But if there's an a emergency where you done broke a bone, things of that nature, I would go to the hospital. But as far as the vac and all that type of stuff, um, if you need the vac eliminated from your body, if you need to be treated for COVID, um, I'm sure all our indigenous doctors can... Um, effectively um, help you out in those types of cases. I, I truly appreciate that answer and I truly appreciate that honesty that you asked me while we have spoke about it. And the more and more I heard you um, go in depth on that, the more it's clear to me that uh, EMT has to be a uh, on the top on, on the top of the list for the American uh, Aboriginal Medical Association, that along with maybe uh, just just treating chronic injury and emergency situations, and I also think you need to really look into uh, licensed surgeons because, as you describe, you know, someone having a chronic injury and having to call nine one and having to go to their hospitals with everything that's going on in the world, and, you know, you could be going for a broken bone and now you're placed in COVID protocol. You don't have any right. You know, all of those things are absolutely freaking terrifying. Right. So yeah, that's just something that needs to be a point of emphasis. Uh, and, and really, quite frankly, we're behind the eight ball in that regard. I mean, that's, that's something that needs to be addressed sooner than later. I just wanted to put that out there. But we'll, 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 we'll reconvene and we'll, we'll definitely discuss that in more depth. What were you going to say? Oh, I was glad you said that word EMT because that's the word I was looking for. Um, but we, yeah, uh, after I got off the phone with you the other day, um, I definitely started looking into the EMT certification, seeing what they got, what they got to offer, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, firefighters, they have the dual in a lot of states, they have the firefighters have EMT training. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that we should have already. It's something that we need to definitely uh, put, put, put the foot on the gas pedal from that regard. Because this, we got to make sure that we're covering the bases. Because, right. Uh, even something as, as simple as, uh, like I know uh, in the military, in some forms of tactical training, uh, they offer training on how to suture uh, like a, a wound, on how, how to uh, keep a wound from, uh, you know, becoming fatal. But you have to you have a short time frame to treat that wound before it does become fatal. So it's little things, right. like, little things like that. They uh, get that training in the military. So I don't know, maybe we need to recruit uh, a, a, a military nurse or EMT or someone who has uh, that type of training. But it's something that it definitely we need to be have a panel group discussion on because it's something that uh, everyone in every, – Yes, it's essential. 
Absolutely. Without yeah. question. It's just not for adults, kids, everyone. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, I to, to segue uh, into the next question, speaking of kids, how should parents be building the immune systems of their children and how seriously should they be taking the reports of these different variants by the media propaganda machine? Now, I know you talked about it earlier. We were, we were speaking more along the lines of more like maybe adults, but in, in terms of this question, can we focus on, on more children uh, with this, this, this question? I think we got to um, just remember um, that our immune systems are different than European and Asian. That's the first thing. So, I mean, as black people, as African-Americans, as indigenous people, you know, like I was saying earlier, we're, we're socially engineered to believe that our bodies are exactly like Europeans. So we've, we've accepted that their immune system is the same as ours. So when we walk in a store, we're quick to buy their products that say builds the immune system. Cool. That's for us. When unfortunately there's nothing in America built for black biology if it hasn't been produced by Aboriginal Medical Association. So how we um, focus on building adult immune system can very well work for our children as well. Just feeding them our carbon-based foods. Um, like I always tell my clients to build their immune system, just use our plant-based foods. I tell them the foods with color have melanin in it, polyphenol. We want to eat the foods that have melanin in them because the melanin strengthens our melanin. So the foods that, that have plenty of melanin in it is blackberry, the blueberries. Uh, my, uh, my granddaughter loves blackberries. I mean, absolutely loves them. So we eat those um, to uh, build their immune system. They also drink the dandelion juice um, quite a bit to build their immune system. And um, yeah, just the fruits and vegetables. I would say for the most part to, you know, to fight off, you know, immune system, building the immune system and things of that nature and to fight off different um, parasites and things of that nature. Because they also take a teaspoon of olive leaf extract because I use that to um, keep the gallbladder clean, to keep uh, to kill parasites in the stomach, to kill, uh, to eliminate liver fat, um, you know, just to do various things. So I have my. My grandbabies, they're typically on, when they're with me, they're on um, building their immune system the exact same way as I'm doing mine, um, as far as with their fruits. Um, and, and I've been thinking about it because uh, the problem with them is is that her mo their mom and their dad got vaccinated. So being that I made um, the vaccines uh, for a couple clients recently, I've been taking the vaccine stuff just because my grandkids have been around their parents, you know, so I have to be mindful of that, you know. When you say the vaccines, you're talking about the, uh, the COVID detox, not talking about the... Uh, no, they took... So you, you, you're talking about the jab detox, correct? Yeah, they took the jab. So I have to be aware, uh, aware of that, being that they're around their parents. So when they come over here, they're over here now once a week. Um, I have to. I, well, I take it every day now. now that well, I, could, could for, you? Could you? For, for, I, 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 want, I really want to touch on this because I'm sure there's people in here that could get that secondhand smoke, if you will, where you're not in direct contact with someone who's vaccinated, but you're around someone who is in contact with vaccinated. So, can you? Can we? Uh, can you touch on specifically what we can do 
to prevent from that secondhand smoke from contact with vaccinated people from uh, from other people? What do you recommend? I, um, the the precaution I'm taking is just doing um, what um, Dr. Ali prescribed in his detox book. So I made that formula for a couple clients that had got the back that they're, um, you know, trying to get it up out their body. I just been uh, taking my teaspoons of that stuff just in case because I've been around my, uh, my grandkids. And also I have those two clients that came in, they took the job. I'm trying to help them get the jab up out of them. I don't know if me being around them, breathing the same air as they breathe, even though we have on masks, I don't know if that's affecting me on a biological level. So to protect myself, I've just been taking the, the detox. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Eliza, I definitely see your question, sweetheart. Um, we got a couple more questions. If you do me a favor and either write it down or, or do your iPhone notes if you have one of those, and I will make sure that you are the first person to get uh, called on or during a Q&A. So just bear with me for just a moment. We got about two or three more questions, and I promise you, you will get that, that question answered. Uh, speaking of the variants, oh, and before I go any further, uh, the book that uh, the Dr. Pilon is referring to is called Detoxing the Rona by Dr. Chief Ali. Uh, definitely, um, if you go to the, uh, the, the Sovereign Creed page, I will make sure that we uh, post that in our story uh, after the show is over. So everyone who's not familiar with that book, you'll be able to uh, have an idea of, of what the book looks like and how you can purchase it. Uh, moving yeah. on, moving along. Uh, what do you foresee? No, actually, excuse me. I'm skipping a question, a very important question. I don't want to skip that one. Speaking of variants being reported by the media, we keep hearing about a dark winter. How do we err on the side of caution without becoming paranoid about what could happen in the future? And how are you specifically prepared? Um, I've been hearing that there's going to be, you know, a lot of another shutdown, things of that nature. So all I um, essentially did, I just started getting my basics um, preparing um, for, you know, just in case the lights go out, just in case you're not able to get food uh, from grocery stores, just in case they shut them down, any of that type of stuff. I've just been saving, um, you know, not saving, I mean, storing and buying grains because I'm vegan. There's certain things I got to have on deck for myself. Um, so I just bought a lot. What type of grains are we talking about? Kamood and quinoa? Yeah, that's what uh, I'm going to go into. The um, amaranth. Um, I stocked up on fonio. I stocked up on um, quinoa, red quinoa specifically, uh, black quinoa specifically. Um, and I probably only have, and I say only because I haven't got all my preparations in order, but I got about 10 pounds, 15 pounds of each of those. Um, I also have quite a bit of, um, chickpeas. I bought a 15 pound bag of those. Um, so I just loaded up on a lot of herbs, a lot of, um, of my grains, what else have I prepared with? I've, I've also prepared just in case the lights go out. I've bought the, um, the pro, the, I think it's the propane based gas stoves. I bought two of those. I bought lights. I bought candles. Um, right now I'm saving up to get that satellite phone like me and you spoke about. Um, what else have I done for preparation? 
because I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't want to speak it up, but I, I believe they are going to shut us down again. Oh, I've been buying cases of water. I'm trying to get um, 30 more cases of water this week. And hey, make sure you tap in with Ralph Muhammad from Power H Generator so you can get that solar power generator. Because when, when it arrives, I have one, it comes fully charged. So okay. make, sure, make sure you uh, definitely tap in. I'll send you the information on that. Too. Yeah, because I tuned into that show, so I definitely heard him. And definitely want to be in tune with him. Absolutely. But um, me and be, me being a vegan, um, yeah, I just stocked up on grains. Um, got all my seeds to be planted. I got quite a quite a bit of our seeds that's in our book, Indigenous Food Science. I got the uh, cannon watermelons. I got the uh, lemon cucumbers. I got the black radishes. I got my um, arugula, my romaine, um my um, little, the little bitty uh, tomatoes. I got a whole bunch of seeds I done stocked up. Let me ask you a question. You have the seeds. Have you, start, have you started growing and preparing? So let's say it happens. You can't go to Whole Foods anymore. You can't go to the farmer's markets anymore. And all of those wonderful vegetables like dandelion, uh, greens, and, uh, you know, romaine, lettuce, and blackberries, and the blueberries. Like, if we have another shutdown, and it is already a... Uh, scarcity on food already regulating the food supply like how would you could you share the audience like someone who maybe it just would like to be in a better position but just for whatever reason due to finances or due to circumstance hasn't placed himself in a position to harvest the type of things you're referring to like what options do they have at the moment um i uh, actually harvest quite a bit of my food two weeks ago and being that i didn't I didn't, um, I, and what I mean by it was my bell peppers, my onions, um, I harvest tons of onions, tons of squash, uh, tons of, um, what else, man? I had quite a bit of stuff. So what I, my point is I ended up chopping them all up, uh, so they wouldn't go to waste. Um, I put most of my onions, purple onions and white onions. I just got those stored in the, uh, in the freezer right now till I'm able to you know, come up with meals to cook them with, but I stored most of them. Um, but what I need to do is get another better way of storing food, you know, in liquid form, you know, I don't know how to do that aspect yet. You know, how you, um, how you store them in jars and stuff of that. You talking about canning? Yeah. Canning and like pickling and stuff. I need to figure that aspect. Cause well, that's the guy, the goddess Ty Lee is here in the audience, so you definitely should tap in with her. Peace to the sister, Tylee. Absolutely. Yeah, she is. Absolutely. I have to tap into her knowledge because that's where I have to go next so a lot of my food don't go away. Absolutely. That's what we all hear. Everybody knows that's what Sovereign Creed is here for, about the solutions. We don't just talk about the problems. Absolutely. We're trying to give you something practical, give you a plan that you can actually execute. Uh, next on the docket, what do you foresee in the future as far as the way we practice medicine is concerned, or better yet, what would you like to see? Uh, I, I think the future is us, um, Arna, um, indigenous doctors. I mean, I know it's us. There's there's no way around it. Uh, we've spent 500, you know, even more years up under this medical system that's just, you know, treated us with complete racism 
Um, and it's only led us to sickness, you know, it keeps us on pills and medication and, and people, I mean, not everybody is waking up, so, but some people are looking for a solution. I mean, it's a, it's as simple as like my, uh, the, the pastor, it's like you have a cause and you have an effect. You eating a, you eating ribs, that's the cause. And then you got popped the pills. That's the effect of your poor choice. So the future is, it's going to be okay. What do I have to do? naturally to be able to evade this. I mean, and we see it easily. Like, I mean, I don't want to get into the, the uh, Christians and things of that nature, but in Genesis one twenty nine, it tells us that the fruit and the herbs is for the healing of the nation. Well, fruits and herbs and, and, and plants are for the healing of the nation. Why did our government create a society that does the exact opposite of that scripture? So doing the opposite of that exact scripture has the whole society sick, you know? So everybody should be in the coming future. And now as we're growing as indigenous doctors, they should be saying, okay, I have diabetes. I want the solution now. I don't want to be on metformin my whole entire life. If somebody has a better option so I can get off pills and medication so I can live a better quality of living. I don't want to have, I don't want to live a thousand years but I do want to live a good quality of life where I don't have to be on pills and medication every day. Everybody deserves that type of health, you know? So that's what we're offering uh, with Aboriginal Medical Association. We're offering, hey, you don't have to be sick anymore. We have the solutions for every sickness on planet Earth. You don't have to be sick. Even when COVID hit, I was just a rookie at uh, Indigenous Doctor. I was a rookie. Um, in 2019, when uh, the COVID hit, two, three months into uh, COVID existing, I was curing it as a rookie in indigenous knowledge. So our knowledge is so advanced. I have to say we are the future of being um, the medical institution. That's what Healing Code is going to be. It's, um, it's a, a miniature clinic right now but it will be you know when you know when uh, god willing you know it'll be a hospital or it'll be an indigenous clinic that serves our people with the emt we have everything provided for our people um all the natural solutions uh to just get rid of everything we don't want our people to continue saying i have to live with high blood pressure i have to live with diabetes because that's our state of mind right now if it ain't white, it ain't right. But we stay on their pills because we trust white people more than we trust anybody else. So I think it's going to have to begin to start trusting our own people. You know, it's going to be, it's going to take them warming up. Sadly, you have to warm up to your people to trust them to be able to help you get rid of diabetes. You know, I, I find yeah. that with myself. You know, I just thought about it. You need to out I'm not in the Aboriginal Medical Association, but I would strongly recommend that there would be some type of recruitment of disgruntled doctors who are looking to, Aboriginal doctors who are completely disgusted with the, uh, the Western world medical institution system and everything that transpired. I'm sure there's an infinite number of doctors out here, especially with the way that the things that are happening with this jab. I'm sure there are a lot of people that would like to make the transition over to homeopathic and, and maybe some of these doctors, uh, you know, are surgeons or qualified surgeons or, or have certain expertise that we can 
recruit and have been find some some doctors that are looking to, to to really make a difference in their community instead of kind of being at war with with their colleagues and, and the superiors and the people that subsidize them. I think that's something we really need to strongly look into. But um, and we agree to talk about more on that later. Uh, wrapping up this part of it before we get into the Q&A and I allow the guests to come up. What regions of the country do you currently serve? I serve Region 7 currently, which is in Portland, Oregon. Um, but my client base is, man, they're pretty much everywhere. I have clients in South America. I have one cancer in South America right now. Uh, a lot of people, I got a few people that are working in Illinois, in Danville, Illinois specifically. Um, I taught one of those brothers how to uh, cure COVID out there. Um, and then um, just I'm just serving in Portland, Oregon, but um, I have clients in New York, um, one on HSV, one HSV client in New York, and then um, some in Indianapolis. So everywhere, everywhere in the United States, I have a client. Not everywhere. I, I don't want to say that, but I can serve everybody in the United States. Well, well we, we, we know you're serving uh, Texas. We've already chopped it up. You already helped my wife out tremendously, and she's already feeling the changes. So. Excellent. Oh, and we're doing our detox this week, by the way. So, you know, I decided to participate. Excellent. Yeah. We covered a lot today, guys. How are you feeling? Oh, man, I'm good, bro. I'm excellent. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we uh, get into the Q&A? Um, I would just say um, I would recommend, you know, if you don't have the book Indigenous Food Science, to definitely go get it. And also um, the book that Dr. Powhatan uh, recommended last week, The Star Prophecy. Definitely get both those books. Um yeah, definitely just cop those books. Excellent. Now is the time for our uh, moment. Many of uh, our members of the audience have been waiting for us, the Q&A session. Elijah, go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and bring you up, sweetheart. I know you had your, your hand up. I, like I said, I want to make sure that you have get your question uh, answered first because you had that hand up. Uh, I also see the guy, Jahi, is up here. So, uh, yes, the, uh, Eliza, I'll give you a second if you're still available. Okay. Hi, yes. Uh, okay. Hi, thank you. Um, my question was actually answered. I was just looking for the title of the book that he mentioned, so I got that. So I appreciate it, and I appreciate the conversation today. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate everything. Oh, the other book as well, the, um, the um, detox, the detox and the Rona shot. Oh yes, detox and the Rona shot, absolutely. By yeah, Chief those Bob, three books, absolutely, absolutely. Job bricks in the house. Peace to the gods. Peace to peace the Lord. God. Peace I, God. I really appreciate. I really appreciated this episode, man. I can't wait till you put it up on the website, and I could just keep. Re reliving and rewatching and relearning, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate this, brothers. Thank you. Appreciate you, God. Yeah. Um. I just got a question. So, for example, just hypothetically speaking, say if you have a client and they have uh multiple injured organs, uh -huh. what what organ would you um like start with first? Um, that's a, a beautiful question, bro. Beautiful question. Um. 
what we would do because we have specific keys that we that we administer to all the different organs. You have twelve systems in your body. So we have one specific key, say for the heart, one specific for the lungs. So how we look at it is because the heart, it doesn't need the exact same minerals as the lungs do. So we have one catered specifically to the heart, to the lung, also to digestive systems, say for instance. So if they have their heart that's injured, the pancreas injured, what we would do is, you know, we would address the heart, whether with the teas, the heart builder tea. Uh, the warm lime water would help, you know, naturally get the cholesterol, the fats and things of nature, um, that type of stuff out of their heart. And then we would provide, you know, like substance that would help clean out if the pancreas is injured, if the um, gallbladder is injured, and if the lungs is injured, they would do the heart tea. And then for the pancreas we, uh, and the gallbladder, we would just tell them to do the olive leaf extract. You can buy the olive leaf extract. Uh, the Barlins brand, you can buy that off the of Amazon. So we say, you know, follow that bottle um, daily to help repair and heal your your gallbladder and your um your your, your pancreas. So the uh, olive leaf extract it cleans the colon, kills parasites, uh, cleans the gallbladder, um, and it does what else? Gets gets rid of excess fat in the liver. So we prescribe something like that um, for one uh, for one organ. Do the teas for the heart. If their lungs is injured, we could also help get oxygen to their lungs. We could have them drink um, just spring water. Take you some spring water. Uh, also get you some carbon based or um, copper based chlorophyll. You buy you can buy that off uh, Amazon. So you take that chlorophyll. Put a few drops of that in your um, a gallon of spring water. You could also put a, a pinch of uh, pineapple juice or a pinch of ginger juice and just have them sip on that. That'll help um, bring oxygen to the lungs to help repair that. And also, we could give them um, a lung tea with some mullein or some eucalyptus. We can also give them some tea for that, you know, and then the diet. Um, you always have to focus on the diet as well to help repair uh, any injured organ. So, you know, just you could you could do different supplements, you know, as long as they're liquid based or having them on, you know, like some teas. You can repair multiple, multiple um, organs that's injured pretty easily with, with nutrition and a few extra supplements. Appreciate you, God. Yeah, you, you, you answered it incomplete. So, yeah, that's all I was asking. I wanted to know if it was like a priority, you know, like a priority type of organ. But, okay, you answered it for me. Appreciate you. Oh, what I, I what I definitely like to do specifically, though, um, is get the intestines. I like to give, I call it just giving a, a clean slate. Um, most of us, we, you know, we done had a poor diet. Like I had a poor diet in the past. So even when I became vegan, I still wasn't all the way vegan because I still had all the cheese in my intestines. I still had the bread in in my intestines, all the rices, all the syrups. I still had all the garbage in my intestines. So I still crave bull crap. So what I, what I really like doing for people first is giving them a clean slate. And what I mean by that is, is I like to clean off the intestines thoroughly because like we know that the blood is created in the intestines. So for me to always clean those intestines, 
to get rid of your cravings and all all that type of stuff. I feel like that's one of the most important things for us to do. So I personally love doing that for people first. It's cleaning their intestines out real thoroughly, real clean with the warm line water. And in uh, Aboriginal Medical Association, we have something that we use. We call it a sweeper that we clean. We clean the intestines real good and real thoroughly. So, yeah, I definitely like to focus on cleaning the intestines real good, too. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Peace. Peace to the God. Uh, Jamal, you're next, God. Peace, God. Peace for the room. Thank you very much, Elon. I appreciate this. I have two and a half quick questions, real quick. Okay. Millennium. Other than nuts, because I have someone that's allergic to nuts, and we're trying to uh, uh, get her uh, help with her fibroids. Do you have any suggestions? And she's a Now, so when I don't use uh, Brazil nuts or when people have allergic response to peanuts, I do find the organic. I always find organic selenium on Amazon. I've never not been able to buy it off of um off Amazon in organic fashion if that you believe that could be an option because I've always been able to buy it in bulk okay appreciate you and then can the you might have mentioned this already but can the bio uh, scan find the vax in your body I don't believe that it can find the vax specifically but what I do always spot is um, it always comes up with vaccine people um, let me try to recall in my brain. It comes up on the chart. Oh, in the allergic. Whenever, you know, when we go into BioScan and we look down and say allergies. Yes. It always says uh, allergy to, um, what is this specifically? I think it's, um, um, wow. It says it on the BioScan either. I don't want to say it says allergic response to a needle or or injection i think inject i think it says injection okay but i believe that gives us an indication um because every time i ask people they say they either had a vaccine or they had um the last lady told me i think she she got some type of shot it was some type of shot i don't think they were withdrawing blood or maybe it was. Maybe she got draw, blood drawn. Either or, it shows that that needle penetrated the skin and they had an allergic response to that needle. Okay, appreciate you. And then yeah. what would you say to people who are worried about the detox now because long-term effects or they don't, you know, they don't know how it might have... I, I don't know if you saw those little... There's like little bugs or something crawling out of the vaccine. I don't know if that was a real video or not, but they're now worried how the detox might affect, might affect them long-term. What would you say to that? I did. <laughs> I seen that video, bro. And that stuff <laughs> It was crazy. So now, what detox are you talking about specific? Are you talking about the um, the detox, the Rona detox? Yeah, or? yeah the Rona de- uh No, um, the vaccine detox. So someone took the vax, and then they want to get that detox. Now I'm hearing people are worried. Or I've made the suggestion, and they're worried about taking the detox for the vax now. Like our the, the the one that uh, Chief Ali came up with. Why would you say that? Why? I don't, know. I don't know why they were being worried about. Um, why they be? Why would they be worried about taking the detox when it's trying to get it out their system? 
That's what I'm saying. But I, I'm just I'm, I'm the messenger right now because they're they're worried. Like I guess long term effects because they don't know how it might affect them. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, if you took the vax, you weren't really worried about the long term effects. So shouldn't you take the detox if now you're worried? But I'm just I'm the messenger right now. Yeah, I mean, but on your bio scan. If you, uh, uh, I take it you have a bio scan, right? I don't have a bio scan, but I have some information on it. Oh, okay. So on the bio scan, it comes up in the amino acid area. So okay. when, when we read the, um, the detox book, it tells us about methyl, I think it's methyl nine is what they're talking about as far as, um, we have to interrupt that in the body. So on the bio scan, that comes up as an amino acid. So I've, tar- so I've targeted that uh, with my first two clients last week. So they can, um, or maybe it was a couple of days ago. They, they've only had the detox supplement I gave them for a couple of days. So I say two days ago. Um, so I, I, I acknowledge their um, levels of, how you say it, methyl 9. It, it comes up under the amino acid chart area on the bio scan. So hers came back as green. Which means I, I've, I'm taking it that she's sufficient with it, but I have to detox it out of her body. I'm, I'm believing, so I have to watch it. This is my first time doing it, so this is my first time doing the science behind it. So I will have more information on it, you know, within like 30 days on whether it um, the methylthionine levels goes down or if they go up. I won't know for sure. Um, until I'm done, you know, finished with this science project. But as for now, yes, I just put two people on it. I can't chart their methionine. So being that I can do that, I have all the power I need to effectively, you know, do the detox that we were we were told we can do, you know? I appreciate that, God. Thank you. Absolutely. Man, this is some great stuff. My man, Manny Mac Bay. What's going on? God, peace to you. Peace to the gods, man. Peace, guys. I don't really have a question. I just wanted just to, to build on, um, on on the great presentation that uh, Brother Pallon had just done. Um, you know, salute everyone on here, especially Jay and Pallon on the great work y'all been doing. So if I may, I just wanted to just build on on um, Brother Josh's question on like the first um, organs and um, body systems that we will usually... Um, work on healing first before any and all diseases. Right. So, uh, you did mention with the digestive tract, that's definitely one because, you know, 70% of our immunity is in the digestive system. We also will, it's four points, so that's one point. Another point is the liver, that's the master detox, so you want to make sure you get the liver. Without the liver being healthy, you know, you can't really um, get your healing on properly. So, you know, like milk thistle, dandelion, burdock root, that's good for the blood, that's good for the liver. And um, so that's two points, the digestive system, the digestive tract, and uh, um, the liver. Then you got your lungs. That's where you get your oxygen. That's where the oxygen gets into the blood system. The blood system is what brings the nutrients all throughout the body. So you want to make sure your lungs is good so you intake that good, fresh oxygen. You need oxygen in the cells, as the brother said. Um, in a nitrogen-based diet, you know, what does nitrogen do? It depletes oxygen. So when you eat that high-starch diet, you're, you're depleting the oxygen from your cells. Your cells need to breathe just like how, how we breathe. Um, right. You know, cells is part, is, is part of the systems. So right. uh, 
each and every cell has to breathe. So when you breathe in and all that nitrogen substance, you're depleting the oxygen from your body. So you want to make sure the, the, the lungs is good, the respiratory, you know, things like um, mullein tea. And we have um, also our, um, our, our digestive um, and respiratory uh, teas and elixirs that, you know, we could uh, prescribe as well as um, just simple as drinking uh, a mullein tea with some lemon and some honey or some maple syrup, you know? And, yeah, yeah. So these these are just the points that that you want that you want to attack and, and make sure you know you get right and exact. And so you could just you know without that you know be you know it's gonna be that much difficult to, to heal. So that's always the the, the main point that that you want to get. And then from there you know if you got issues with the pancreas, you got issues with your heart. You know you get the the um, elixirs that's specifically for for that uh, body system. Excellent. From there, that's you know that's when you build up, and you know, like you said, you know, the sun is the main source of nutrition for you know indigenous people across the planet. So you want to get plenty of sunlight, deep breathing, exercise, and meditation. Man, appreciate you, God, man. Appreciate, appreciate that, Matt. Man, let me tell you something, man. That's ain't brilliant. no, ain't nobody fucking with my tribe. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. I'm glad you came in, Mac. That was excellent, bro. Phenomenal. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, just building where you where you left off on that on, on that great build you just, you were doing, and you know, but the Jays doing it every week consistently. So you know, salute to y'all, man. Salute. I appreciate that, guys. So last question, and and, and, and it's, uh, without further ado, I gotta turn it over to my wife. Go ahead and ask your question, baby. Peace, everybody. Um, it's more so this. I don't really just really think it's a question, but more so adding to to Talon. So I um, tried his sleeper that he was talking about. I actually heard it from the other room, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta get in and say something about that <laughs> from firsthand experience." So I do not like asparagus and zucchini. You cannot get me to eat that for my thirty-five years of life. And when I started carbon dates a few months ago, that was you know, especially you know, asparagus saying that. I need to start eating that. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry, zucchini. I'm like, I'm not eating that. I'm never eating that. It's disgusting. So all of a sudden, you know, I have this sleeper and, you know, I'm, you know, it definitely gets rid of parasites and everything else, whatever is left in my body. But all of a sudden, the next day I'm craving, craving zucchini to the point where we have to go to the store and get some. So I made a zucchini soup that I've ate the last two days. For me to hate something so much and crave it, it's when you know you're getting the parasites out of your body. Like, I'm just in, in absolute disbelief that I'm actually eating the thing I said I would never eat. So I just <laughs> wanted to put that out there. And then the next thing, when you were talking about the, um, the bio scan, so um, from talking to one of the other tribal doctors, she, she used to do scans on people that were vaccinated. She decided no longer to do that because she started to feel some effects from being that close to people. But one thing she did say that came up a lot in those were um, heavy metals. And right. second, they were animal, like fibers, like um, animal, like, you know how they they use like animal derived products right. to, um, as their growth media when uh-huh. they're making the vaccine. So like fetal calf serum and cow skeletal muscles and all these different things. So little traces of that are showing up in these um, bioscans, which is something to put out there. 
that was that you know what that is so phenomenal and i'm so glad you said that because that just opened my brain up because all their levels was high their lead was high mercury was high all both clients that got the jab all their mercury levels lead levels aluminum levels all of them were high Oh yeah, it's like the light bulb goes off. You're like, wait, now you see where you see like, like for her, she's like, why am I seeing all this animal hair and fur and weird things in there? But it's like it makes so much sense now. Yeah, and I'm glad you just said that because I I kind of bypassed it. I asked them, you know, I asked them a typical question: Do y'all cook with, you know, uh, faucet water, or do you have a shower faucet? And I went right over it. But I'm glad you said that. That's phenomenal. That just opened my my mind up and my studies as well. So that was, that was excellent. Oh, you know what? Maybe we, we need to get all the, the tribal doctors, all of y'all together to get and start sharing notes about y'all different, you know, and, and kind of put those little case studies together. Y'all would probably really come up with some things because y'all have these different experiences. Right. And I'm definitely trying to do that because like I said, I was able to cure COVID within 30 within like 90 days of it hitting or it was probably sooner than that i was effectively getting rid of it period easy in under 30 hours but now that this delta has come on board man i've had i've had trouble trying to get rid of that crap so i need the gathering of the mind you know where we like okay what can we do to get rid of this delta because i was able to get rid of the other one but this other one this delta giving me a run for my money Man, you're already doing it, guy. You said it's about building that immune system. So we, we, right. can't, we can't just try to treat something after we get sick. The, the key is to not get sick at all. So yeah. I, you're already doing that. Uh, I want to uh, end the Q and A real quick before just for uh, for uh, short, getting short on time. Uh, guy, uh, I absolutely appreciate it. this. is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm sure your inbox will will be even more flooded than it currently is. How can our audience? get in contact with you to schedule an appointment? Uh, they send me a, um, you can go to my website, healingcode.solutions and go on there and, you know, leave an email, you know, let me know what you want, what you need. Um, I also keep a, a, a slot on there for the information of the Aboriginal Medical Association. Um, I got Dr. Ali, what foods he prescribed on there. I put that on my website just so people know what he pres- uh, wants us to prescribe. Um, but also there's just, you know, information on there where you can leave a message. Just tell me what you need, what you want. Um, if you see someone at the store that might interest you, maybe your heart supplement or something like that, just, you know, just let me know on the inbox and I'll, I'll give you a call free consultation. Uh, we can talk 15 minutes and figure out what you need specifically so we can address it specifically. But, um, yeah, you can holler at me on my website at healingcode.solutions. And I'm on Instagram at healingcode. Um, I think it's healingcode underscore code. You can inbox me on there, too. I'll be on there quite a bit. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have a brief intermission. Um, so just hold tight. Brief intermission. I see. Three three thousand. They doing this bad with yeah. like this. Damn it. 
people ain't fighting for this. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. I ain't trying to hear no falling line, cause you ain't gonna do me right. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. I ain't trying to hear no falling line, cause you ain't gonna do me right. We know who we are, man. 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 Choctaw, Cherokee, we know who we are, man. Simmon, Muskogee Creek, we know who we are, man. Scalping season, scalping, scalping season. Called us lacking, we done figured out what's happening. And you mad, we like what's happening with you. Matter of fact, take that vax and them taxes with you. All these classes with you and this fake social status with you. I already know some of you people like let it go. Letting it go, I ain't letting it go. Let's some letting it go. We got it the worst here. Somebody, oh, we was here before. Act like y'all don't know. My grandmama don't know. Nothing by no boat. Everything these people told you a lie. Some can't see it. I'm wondering why. They build you and slave you and take up your time. Most of the time, they be all in your mind. Lie all the time, so a lot of us blind. We waking up daily. It's almost the time. We know we divine, but why would you try? Y'all ain't superior. Why did you lie? I don't need you because I ain't need it. I don't trust you because you break treaties. Give you an inch, you get too greedy. Pyramids here don't need no TP. Some speak Saugan, some speak Geechee. American blacks, indigenous Niji. Threat my life, I still speak freely. When they say something in the water, I see what they meant. I do. Y'all remember how they did need G in Flint? That's true. Everybody know the trailer tears was through the South. Everybody. Historically, blacks been in the South, so what they talking about? Talk we ain't from Africa, I ain't not supporting you. Nah. If you been to jail, why they not deporting you? Y'all act like the key to warfare ain't deception. Yeah. Some of y'all act like y'all just want to be accepted. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's just me, but I don't respect it. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's just me, but I don't respect uh-huh. it. What about them dozens of treaties neglected? And if they ain't neglected, we ain't get the message. I'm about to forget everything you think you know. We talking about one of the greatest lies ever told. Now we finding our tribes, anything jump off, we side by side. Our ancestors to be proud, they quarantined us, we outside. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. I ain't trying to hear no falling line, cause you ain't gonna do me right. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. I ain't trying to hear no falling line, cause you ain't gonna do me right. We know who we are, man. 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 Choctaw, Cherokee. We know who we are, they man. Simmon on Muskogee Creek. We know who we are, man. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Martin was fighting for civil rights, but we ain't got human rights. Too bad, That was Who We Are by Threads 3000. That's a brand new track. Hasn't even been released yet. Uh, he sent it to me this afternoon. I told him that I would absolutely be playing that on the show. And I just got one thing to say, John Bricks, man. I need y'all two to get this, get in this, get in the studio ASAP because we need to <laughs> God. There is nobody doing it like you and him. I'm just going to be honest, man. Nobody is doing it. I need the guys together ASAP. Uh, we're gonna cook up for the guy, you know the vibes. Absolutely. So um, I'm just gonna be honest, people. We don't have. Uh, we only got about ten minutes, and we still got to do our outro. Um, is there anyone else in the audience that has something they want to get off their chest? I probably got time really for one more. It could be someone in the audience. It could be someone up here. But I have time for one more person. Uh, you know what? If no one wants to say uh, job, 
Now, you and I are, are we got real, real, real tight over the last couple months. Um, now, how do I phrase this question? Now, I know you and I both know what happened with your with your loved one. Do you are you uh, comfortable to share that with Pilon so we can see about making sure that something like that doesn't happen again? Okay, so um, well, you you're talking about as far as the whole uh him messing around with the with the girl. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so um, basically, my father had passed um, the week. The week, my father passed the weekend of the summit, or whatever. So um, basically, he was dealing with a fully vaccinated person, and then as soon as he started dealing with the fully vaccinated person, like he got real sick, and um, you know, he got. I guess they they called him catching COVID. You know, diagnosing with COVID real bad, and then um, after that, you know, he got over it. And then probably like two weeks after that, he just passed suddenly. Like, so yeah, and you know, I'm I'm thinking that it was probably transmitted through the person that he was having sex with. But you know, that's just my thoughts as far as like you know how the situation played out. But I'm not accurate on what actually happened. God, you have any response to that? Doc, sit there. Okay, my hand take it back from break. Uh, Arlene, Pete, got us. Go ahead with your question, or go ahead with your bill. Uh, oh. oh, I was on mute. My bad. Okay, go hey, ahead. Hey, um, and that's the precautions. Um, I have to address that with one of the females because, unfortunately, um, one of the females was detoxed. But her boyfriend, she recommended me to her boyfriend, and he just hit me, and he asking me about contraindication papers. And I'm and I'm thinking in my head, well, man, you sleep with this woman, you already got the vaccination, but I haven't talked to her about it yet because it's kind of like a conflict, you know. I don't want to share information with other clients about, uh, even though it's his boyfriend, they boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't want to say this to him and then it caused conflict. So I'm going to call her first and tell her is, you know, is he against vaccine? Is that why he asked me about contraindication papers? Cause if so, doesn't he know that being that you've been vaccinated, that you vaccinated him because he's been, you know, exchanging fluids with you. So that's been my thing is I, even though I don't exchange fluids with anybody or, or my grandkids or any of that type of stuff, I still take precautions taking this detox stuff just in case, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, cause I've heard that that's how you can exchange it. I mean, people get it through, you know, exchanging fluids, you know? That's unfortunate. Um, how did y'all find out that she was vaccinated and, it, well, yeah, how did y'all find out she was vaccinated? So, um, I called him like a, probably, a week before he passed and we were just talking everything was regular so um no 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 no. actually no this is this was a couple weeks before that this was when he first got sick with uh covid so at first he couldn't even talk to me so then after he got some strength to talk to me we was having a conversation and um you know i just you know it was just being funny like yo uh 
It's probably a vaccinated person passed it on to you. I was just being funny about it. And he was like, yo, that's crazy you say that because I'm laying next to a fully vaccinated person right now. You feel me? So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, wow. You know, I just was joking. So then when he said that, you know, um, it just got odd to me. So So after I said that to him, he said to me, you know what? That's probably where I got it from. Because before that, he was thinking he got it from like a college, like uh, it was like college people in the environment he was in. He was thinking he got it from them. But then after I said that, he that's when he was like, yo, you know what? That makes sense. And one of the last things he said to me was, yo, if they want to give it to them, they, they could definitely do it through that. Like, and that's one of the last things he said to me. And I really think that that's what was the cause of it. Yeah, it probably just disrupted. I mean, he had pre-existing stuff. So, yeah, that. Man, that's cold, man. That's yeah, cold. yeah, that's yeah. that ain't cool, man. That ain't. Cool. It's almost you gotta look at almost like a like a sexually transmitted disease, and if someone is vaccinated, you need to treat them as such. Right. Yeah. Uh, Arlene, I want you to get your question in, guys. Thank you for joining. Hi, can you hear me? We can hear you, guys. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, I, I just got um, chills just now. Ooh, okay. Mm. Thanks for such a busy one. That subject matter, but um, I have a situation that I'm currently dealing with, and um, I'm gonna reach out because I'm in the surrounding Atlanta area. So, um, uh, Chief uh, Doctor Chief Ali, um, but the situation was I gotta uh, on, um, give me uh, his perspective on what steps I should take. So I was working in a warehouse and I, I stopped working there because I was exposed to highly um, toxic chemicals uh-huh. and um, and I guess my, my, my stress level was a little bit up and I was being more physical and I had some symptoms but I went and uh, test saliva, no swab and they couldn't find anything okay. and I saw again this unusual uncomfortableness in my in my chest area because um, my mom um, the cancer run in my family um, uh, um, MBC so I when I did a check or whatever I about to do another one when they do a diagnostic where they said tell me what's going on right image um, so you know in my culture there's a thing where you know you take uh take the um the mammogram it's not good because it's going to disrupt the tissue or whatever right. and perspective and i was talking to a brother um somebody connected to um the jurist and just somebody i you know look for a little guidance with and because i'm still coming into it okay. um i i'm not fully uh, national but i'll be around you guys the our family i communicate with another sister will be on here too and my thing is like, where do I go from here? He was like, you know, you should get the imaging done, um, diagnostic, and see what's going on. And then because you know, when they hear anything or say anything, the first thing want to run and do is give you chemotherapy. And I'm like, no, we're not, we're not even doing that. <laughs> right. I see what it did to my mom, and I was head drinking, and uh, like God, uh, Maki was talking about detoxing your body and getting your body ready for healing, and. I, as he said that, I grabbed the lime and, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm trying to do the juicing because when I do the juicing, I feel different. Um, he did a, um, 
a manual exam from an area I didn't see nothing, but yeah, some tissue that was kind of weird. So I'm like, where, where do I go from here? And I was thinking about doing a body scan with you guys. Like, what, what do you do? Just go ahead and do the imaging. If there is a, um, a person in your area that can do the bio scan, I would absolutely say go ahead and do the bio scan. But mm-hmm. if you can't get anybody to do the bio scan, all you have to do is um, you just have to leave me a message on my website because we can get you a natal chart done. Have you ever got your natal chart done to be able to find what your potential health ailments will be if the cancer no. family? You can find that on your natal chart. Okay. Yeah, because my, my aunt had thyroid and then my mother had this situation. It's all, too, about how you eat in. You know, I stopped eating that red meat stuff, but they were still eating it in the time they were, you know, they had the ailment and, you know, she passed. So right. uh, I stopped eating that from high school, but I'm still trying to convert into, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do now, vegetarian, vegan, why it's a little struggle. <laughs> yeah. It's not overnight. You can't just jump into it, you know, so. Do not, but just, um, just inbox me. I'll give you my number and you can call me and we can talk about it. We'll figure out something. Um, Cause if you haven't got your natal chart done, um, mm-hmm. you don't, I can, I can see if it's in your family to have thyroids or if it's in your family to have cancer, I can see that on your natal chart. Okay. So we don't have to assume, we don't have to hope we can see it. You know, if it's a potentiality, we can definitely find it. So just send me an inbox either on my Instagram or on my website. And I'll, um, I'll give you a call. We can talk it out so we can figure out a solution. Okay, I appreciate it so much. I'll hit up the, your Instagram. Yeah. All right. Thank cool. you. Thank you. Be blessed. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you for that question, Arlene. Uh, God is Irish. How you doing, sis? Yes, I'm sorry. I couldn't find the mute button. <laughs> but yes, um, well, I wanted to first ask because I do have the the detox Serona shot book and actually was on Amazon a couple of nights ago saying to myself, I need to just go ahead and have all of those ingredients, you know, just for family. Right. Unfortunately, as much as I shared with my dad and mom, um, they're both vaccinated. And of course my mom is sick now, you know, being transferred back and forth from, hospital and nursing home due to some injuries or ankle fracture um, but you know still trying to keep them as healthy and then of course uh, working in the health field as a therapist I'm around vaccinated people all the time and so I too I'm glad to hear uh, the speaker say that um, yeah you just taking a teaspoon of it of the olive leaf every day um, is because you also are around a lot of vaccinated people. Um, I wanted to ask with the recommendations for the specific brands, um, if we're not able to find those brands, I mean, do you know of any other brands or do we need to try to stick to those that Dr. Ali prescribed? Yeah, I always um, absolutely look for the ones Dr. Ali prescribed uh, that he recommends. Like that olive leaf extract, <clears throat> we only buy the Orbarlin's brand. Okay. We buy that one. But what I was going to say was, no, I um, I do take olive leaf extract every single day, though, without fail. That's what I don't go a day without taking. But what I was saying was, is the um, the recipe for the um, detox in the in the book. 
with the Botswana and all that stuff. I take a teaspoon of that every day. Hello? You still there, sis? I am. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I um, that every day. I made it. I made it for the two clients. I was making them a couple bottles, but with the amount I did, I did the recipe that's in the book, but I doubled it. So I, I came up with, I believe it was three and a half bottles total. So I, um, I sold the other two to the two clients and then I, um, you know, the half a bottle I've been taking myself just, you know, for just in case purposes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. So, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Do we have anybody else with a question or a comment? Going once. Going twice. Oh, right in time. There you go. Peace, goddess. Go ahead and see them. Peace, guys. Peace. Peace, everyone. Um, I just had a quick question. Um, I was just wondering, uh, the, with the detoxes and things, um, I'm still breastfeeding. Do you know if we're a, people that are, are breastfeeding, if that's something they're able to take while breastfeeding? Um, I would assume you can, but I'm not going to say you can't. Let me do some research. Inbox me. So I can um, do some research on that and, and check for you. I don't want to tell you you can if you if it's not good for you. I'll have to go over the um, the product in there first. Let me do my due diligence before I uh, answer that question. And yes, yeah, Sheree will be contacting you as well because she's obviously nursing as well. So we definitely want that information too. Absolutely, absolutely. But in, is your name Latina? Yes. Yes, just inbox me on Instagram, or you can inst- or or leave a message on my website. Okay, thank you, Latina. I'll I'll, uh, I'll send you this contact. We are. Thank you. Absolutely. Go ahead, Pam. Um, the Bunswala. I couldn't find it. Uh, alcohol free. So I bought the frankincense. Is that the same thing? Yeah, that that's just the I, I believe I could double check, but I think that's the exact it's the exact same thing. They're just two different names, and you can get okay. it. They come alcohol okay. free on Amazon. You can get it alcohol free. I think it's the Hawaii Farm brand. Hawaii uh, Farm for the Bunzuela. Yeah. Okay, I got everything else, but I could not find that alcohol free Bunzuela. So I bought the Frankenhuskas. One of the ladies at Hostel told me that was the same thing. It was alcohol free. Yeah, yeah, it it is. They just two names. It's the same thing, though. Okay. Yeah, exact same thing. You good? Okay, so when you said, okay, a person like me, I was talking to Dr. Ali when I was there at the conference, and I told him that I took the uh the shot that hit you when you go overseas, the yellow fever, right? Yellow fever shot. So he suggested that I take um, vitamin D, the pine needle tea, and coconut oil, like a tablespoon uh, a day or something like that. Like mixing it? Yes. Okay. Would you recommend something else or that, that I should just keep taking it? 
shoot, if the man himself told you to do that, I would be doing it already. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. No, I am doing it. That's what I'm saying. I do take that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> stick to that program. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah dude. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's cheap. I mean, he ain't going to steer you wrong. We here to right, start. I know. City. I know. We trying to get, we trying to heal the injury. So anything they done taught us has injured us. So we trying to heal the injury. So I know whatever he told you to do, if you doing it, you're going to be yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. One last question. I'm in Memphis, oh, Tennessee. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, uh, sweetheart. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you send that sure. last question uh, via a message? We actually have one minute and I got to do the hour. Oh, sure, sure, sure. No problem. Yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry about that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sana. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to, uh, into the the Sovereign Cree show. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sovereign Cree. And definitely check out our website, www.sovereigncree.shop, to purchase our line of provocative apparel. I want to give a special shout out to our guest, Palan Ankushi Omaru, for taking time out to join us today and giving us all of that uh, invaluable information. Shout out to our producer, Cindy Ashby, for making this possible. We haven't done so already. Please make sure you go sign up for www.otw2.com so you can join our community of melanated Aboriginal content creators where your voice can be heard and you never have to worry about censorship. Tune in for the next episode on Wednesday, October 13th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Central. As always, we don't just discuss the problems. We offer the solutions. I'm your host, J. Ali Chiamaru, and this is on the Wake Up Radio. We as Sovereign Creed are dedicated to the nurturing, preserving, and protecting of the Aboriginal American family. We are aligned with the customs and beliefs practiced by our indigenous American ancestors and will continue to ensure that their legacy lives on with everything that we do. Thank you for joining us. See you, see you next week, everybody. Uh, signing off. Peace, bro. Peace. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashby. Cindy Ashby. 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 On the wake up.